Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacrediconpodcast, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacrediconpodcast and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Welcome to what feels like the most exciting time in ages. E3 celebrations and release date ruminations. Have we gotten fed this week or what, Spartans? But the fun's not over yet. Oh no, Mama Joe. So let's pull up a chair, grab that fork, and a knife. And let's eat, guys. You're listening to the Sacred Icon Podcast, and we're back with episode 81, you big honey bun. Compliment King and Wholesome Icon, Joshy Washy here. And join with me as always is my buddy, my pal, my friend. And the one of which now has to answer the million dollar question. Brian. Sup, fucker? Oh, jeez. Man, <laughs> what an intro. My face went from a smile to just this vile cringe of awfulness. It's early. Josh, can you think of a more exciting week for halo than the one we just had I, I it's been a long time i've never seen it since being this involved in the uh, halo community no I just i've never seen it no there's been a lot well, of, not a ages. Lot of ages ages there's been a lot of uh, content this week a lot of, and it's like good substantial content and it just kept oh, coming it just kept oh, coming that's a drop uh, pod that, yeah. that's a pelican size drop of content uh, Josh and I have been hyped all week, and we have recorded over ten hours of audio this week. So we've put it in, we've put in the work, but it's been a lot of fun. So it didn't seem like work. Hell yeah! Uh, but so today, you know, we're bringing you this episode because it's Saturday, which means you guys need a new episode. But we've covered so much, we put out so much. We're going to try to make this one short and sweet. We're going to cover the cannon fodder, some of the new wow. news, and just kind of talk about the uh, the in the general air, the the excitement and the you know the, the good morale, uh, the good morale that the 343 devs have been feeling and just how cool hell it yeah. is to see. So, uh, hell yeah. Um, all right, guys, let's go <laughs> right into the... Uh, 
Let's go right into the cannon fodder. Um, even if you guys have already read it, I think me and Josh can you know, just kind of add our opinions to it. So it's called. Yeah, Showcase. actually, I want to say real quick, I haven't actually looked at any of this yet. I just did a quick skim, guys. So yeah. be reacting to this live in the moment. Yeah, pretty much the same here. Um, it's called Showcase Sensitive from uh, Jeff Easterling, of course. Said, uh, Sal, 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 the week been, guys. So, how has your week been? Anything cool happened? Welcome back to another edition of Cannon Fodder, your friendly neighborhood fiction-based feature that examines and and explores the lore of the Halo universe. In our last issue, we took a look at the armor and arsenal that's heading your way with the Master Chief Collection 7th and Sanghealy-centric season. Very cool. This edition, we're taking a closer look at several of the elements and items you may have seen bandled? Bandied? Bandied. Okay, I've never even heard that word. About in this week's festivities that kicked off with Sunday's Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase, or as many folks still call it. Man, Colloquially. he's a well-spoken dude. I don't even know these words. What'd you say, Josh? <laughs> Colloquially, I think. Colloquially call it E3 season. We'll be answering a few of the questions you might happen to have and celebrating the overall excitement that accompanies opening new windows into our favorite fictional universe. Let's get started, shall we? Uh, first section says combat dance floor. On Sunday, one of the key highlights was the first real look at Halo Infinite's free-to-play multiplayer experience. New gameplay, gadgets, and glorious moments were all on display, giving you a glimpse into some of the new memories to be made when you and your friends take personal Spartan super soldiers online later this year. Of course, if you're an avid reader of this particular feature, you likely came away wondering just as much about the names of the armor and mysteries of the maps as you dig as you did flag roots and fight dynamics. Today we're going to pick out some of the items you saw showcased and pull the curtain a bit further back on some of the more fictiony bits and bobs attached to various elements of the scenery and the sandbox. But before we begin, just in case you haven't seen it already or want to see it again, That's here's okay. a relevant bit. From the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're not going to play that again. You guys, you guys have seen that. You've probably watched it a million times, like us. Yeah. Um, goes on to say, in Halo Infinite, you were part of a new wave of Spartan Four Super Soldiers. Let me just say, Josh, I like, I, I loved reading this probably more than than most people did because mm-hmm. it says a new wave of Spartan Four Soldiers. I'm glad that they're sticking with Spartan Fours but classifying them as a new wave because it gives it kind of a fresh start, but it's not like, oh, these are Spartan 5s now. Like, let's stick that's, with the Spartan 4s. For that's a really good point, actually. It's a nice way to, to to kind of keep things fresh without making it too much of a reboot in that sense, yes. even. Because, gosh, yes. that would be... Ugh. Yeah, I'm not ready for Spartan 5s. Like, give me another 10, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good point, though. Starting Very- your training journey at Hidden Facility... At a hidden facility on a frontier world, this is also cool, Josh, because I'm, I'm just elaborating and, and guessing here, but going off what we know at Halo 5, the reason this training of a new wave of Spartan 4s is probably happening on a hidden facility on a frontier world is because the Cortana and her guardians, it's not, and, and the Banish as well, it's just not safe, you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes a great, yeah, great point, Brian. Great. Um, which is really cool. Uh, preparing to replenish the ranks of humanity's heroes, preparing to write a new chapter in our fight against relentless and imposing opposition proving yet again that humanity doesn't really like being on the back foot for long. Your journey begins at the Avery J. Johnson Academy of Military Science. Josh, could you think of a cool way to commemorate? Had, 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 Dude, know, that's awesome. Through? That's awesome. I, I I know some people out there really would lo- like for the for the sort of dumb AI that we're getting, right? Like some people want to hear his voice. 
you know, mm-hmm. as just one yeah. of them. Like, I mean, who knows if they'll actually even do that? Because, you know, right now it won't make sense. But if it's a chance to, like, provide, you know, something like that where they can get some voices in there, like Buck and stuff like that, it'd be so cool to have Johnson's voice in there as a someone. You know, on one hand, I would love that. On the other hand, if this is supposed to be in canon, it seems kind of disrespectful to have his voice if it was in canon. But then again, I know it's just a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you're probably right. I mean, I don't really think they're going to kind of go that, like, celebrity voiceover route kind of thing within Halo. Yeah. You can do that because... Everything so far seems to um, signify that this is going to be that they want this as, as in universe as possible. Biggest thing actually that I've been realizing more and more is okay. For example, you notice when you know we pick up weapons now in every other Halo, it's been on the floor. Now yeah. we're picking up weapons on the walls. Pretty sure. Yeah, doesn't that remind you of Halo Two at all? Like you're literally there on Cairo Station. The, one of the first things you do is go down that little ramp, yep. and there's battle rifles on the wall. Yep, and you absolutely can grab them. do. And I actually that, had that thought already. Yeah, yeah, it's very grounded in like realism. Um, it makes it feel like these maps are places that are like training grounds, places that feel lived in. And then we're gonna get into this here in just a moment, but um, you know, with Spartan Lorette and stuff like that. I mean, that even seems like a, a much bigger way to signify the sort of like unified unifying multiplayer with um campaign without doing like spartan ops yeah well it almost feels like it feels like some kind of halo 4 multiplayer approach but refined yes much much more thought out for sure much more elaborated you know it's kind of genius what they've done i'm actually really just kind of shocked at how it's so simple yet so genius i feel like what they've done is they've basically said okay we're living in a time of of these all these other free-to-play online shooters and all the different things they offer and we don't want to not be Halo. We don't want to do necessarily a Battle Royale or, or or change the core of Halo's big team experience. So instead what they did is they kept big team battle exactly as you know it um, and as you've experienced in prior Halos, but they're like, okay, so what we're going to do is weapons spawn on racks on the wall, which gives it this more lived-in you know, experience. They're not on right. the floor. So it's, it's really the same as it's always been. You just grab it from a different place. Then they're like, okay, we're going to bring in vehicles on you know pelicans that are actually seen in gameplay coming in and delivering it on the map it's going to have your commander talking in your ear you're gonna so it's like for all intents and purposes it's the exact same thing we would have experienced any other halo where the where it's spawning in but it gives this like real-time war vibe like this like so much is going on like just imagine if you've already got you know a teammate in a tank and another teammate in a a ghost and one on a mongoose and you got like four or five players engaged on in combat on foot battle then you have a pelican dropping in you're just like holy there's so much shit going on just seems like this big scale war you know like dropping off weapons they've managed to take it's almost like they've just added a lot more theatrics to what we already had you know with with your ais and and Spartan Lorette. I mean, it's just it's just really cool. I'm excited about it. It is. Um, I mean, I'm and I'm I'm like mixed about it, but I'm mixed in a very excited way because I mean, it's it's a new thing. I don't know how it's really gonna feel in the moment, but I'm excited at the possibilities for it because like you know, if uh, a pelican is bringing in a wraith, you know, and that's and that's kind of the game's way, like the match's way of of telling you like, hey, this wraith is about to spawn in at this specific location or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a whole new gameplay element that we haven't really had in Halo before. We're like now you know where where every player on every team is seeing this pelican from above visually fly in, rather than like have a respawn timer. They're seeing it fly in and therein creates that kind of choke point of like you're looking up at it and you know the enemy players are looking at it. And then if you're thinking of going there, whether or not you are or aren't, you know that they're considering the same thing right now and they're thinking are we going to go there or not? And therein creates yeah. that kind of rush to go to this thing. And that's not something we've really had before outside of power weapons. But at the same well, time, 
I don't really know if I'm going to like that long term. So that's why I'm really excited to kind of see them do it. Like I'm, I'm excited for the flighting, not because they'd be able to take it out of the flighting if it gets an overwhelming like criticism. You know, people don't like it, but like I'm sure it's actually super fun. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to create some really awesome new moments, new memories, and stuff. Um, but it's brand new, so really excited to check it out. Well, I actually I see I could see it as a huge uh, plus and minus depending on how you look at it. So the minus is right off the bat, if you're a you know if you're a really longtime Halo player and you love competitive multiplayer and you're good at it, one of your skills is that you know at the core of the Halo multiplayer experiences, knowing the map layout, knowing where weapons spawn, knowing their spawn timers. That gives you an up on all other players, but that's something that you really have to be ingrained in the experience to have down. Mm-hmm. Whereas now they're going to say, okay, between the academy, between the pelican dropping stuff in, warning you when stuff's going to spawn, now players who aren't as knowledgeable will be able to have the same advantages as someone who has just played the game a ridiculous amount of time. It kind of this is kind of a weird example, but anyone who's played it can probably get what I'm going for. Um, it reminds me of Diablo two and Diablo three. So in Diablo two, you could put your skills in any skill tree you wanted. But if you didn't place your skills in the right place in Diablo 2 and synergize the skills together, if you didn't use them right and you spread them out too much, you could get to the end of your character's leveling up and your character could be garbage, could be worthless because you didn't you didn't have the knowledge of where to place the skills. So then players who had played for a long time and learned, they were putting their skills in all the right place and doing better. So then when Diablo 3 came out, they kind of changed the system. Many would argue, you know, for worse, but they changed the system. So in Diablo 3, you can create, you can pick your own skills you can make your character the way you want, but they've designed it so there's no way for you to screw up and make your character useless or null and void. So that's kind of what I that's kind of how I get it like with Halo Infinite. It's like, okay, mm. when you played like Halo 2, you could play the multiplayer and not be aware of spawn timers, spawn locations, map layouts. And and you know, that would put you at a disadvantage. Where in Halo Infinite, you're going to probably know all that stuff be, be between the academy and seeing the pelican drop it in, getting a commander in your ear saying, hey, definitely, you know, the, this is going to pop up in, you know, five minutes or whatever. Right. But, uh, all right, moving on, Josh. I don't want to mispronounce it. And if I do, everyone is going to cringe when they listen. Uh, is Lorette's last name, uh, how would you say it? Agrina? Agrina, yeah. Actually, okay, so, very nice, Brian. Very nice. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, so Spartan Agrina. Um, this character, I'm just going to touch on this really quickly. I don't want to go too far into it. Gotten some criticism. Uh, this character's gotten some really unneeded criticism. We don't know anything about her, uh, I feel personally, to be criticizing. I know the biggest criticism is probably that, you know, oh, Commander Agrina, um, well, what about Commander Palmer? You know, like, why mm-hmm. she she led the war games oh, and other yeah. Halos. Like, so is she replacing her? She can lead uh, me no. in a war game. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I don't think this is a replacement. I think this is, you know, Spartan uh, Spartan Agrina is doing the academy for a new wave of Spartans. Spartan Palmer, I'm sure, still has a role in the game that's uh, different. I know that uh, Jennifer Hale, who voiced it as the voice first, says that she has done voice work for Halo Infinite, which would imply she's probably there. Wasn't there something um, I could have sworn in the, the campaign cinematic we got? Wasn't there something either that the weapon said or Oscar Meyer said about reporting back to the infinite or something wasn't there or i'm sorry not infinity i mean infinity mm. wasn't there something about infinity mentioned because um uh, i'm i don't see that's that's it's hard for me to get on board with those people with that kind of criticism because it's like you would think palmer's gonna still do stuff with the infinity or at least be involved some way with that in the power vacuum of whatever may be happened to it you know i don't know but like yeah it, to me it makes simple like 
it makes complete sense that this is a different character doing something because they say it's you know hidden away on a you know remote frontier world or whatever. It's like that makes complete sense why uh, Palmer say would be this, here. and I love yeah. Palmer. Yeah, well, this is a, and that's the thing. This is a, a perfect example of a hill you don't want to die on because it would. It doesn't. To me, to me, this is like invalid criticism because going off of how little we know, and also combine the fact that many people just constantly like to share how they don't like Palmer. So I don't know why so many people have stepped up to say, you know, we miss her. Um, but <laughs> I, we we don't have enough information, and there's no reason to criticize this character based on what we know. I mean, she looks cool. She looks tough. Uh, I like her name. Um, going into that, I'll read about her is what the next yeah. thing was here. It says, to guide you through your early days in the process, you'll be meeting Lorette, uh, man, so hard for me to say, Agrina. Lorette Agrina. We'll get used to it. It's, all good. Um, it's new. Spartan, Spartan Academy Commander. As we have shown in over glimpses, are over in glimpses over the last few years, the Master Chief and the UNSC forces have embarked on a daring mission to stop Cortana's efforts to bring a cold and unforgiving order to the galaxy. With the Chief and other heroes occupied both at Zeta Halo and elsewhere across the galaxy, the need to train and prepare a new generation of Spartan super soldiers has fallen on the very capable shoulders of Spartan Agrina. This is a very awesome setup compared to what we have with Halo 4. Not yes. that I didn't like Halo 4, but this is really cool. Makes a lot of sense in canon. Um, who is no stranger to what it means to have heroes that can be relied on. After enduring many challenges of her own, she's now the one helping give others new chances to make a difference. Based on a screenshot, a name, and that short quote, why not like her? I mean, I just think that's cool. Uh, Everything sounds think? awesome to me. I have one concern, and that's, okay. I'm going to get that away right now. Uh, after It says, after enduring many challenges of her own, she's now the one helping giving others new chances. Please do not tell this story in a book or a comic book. Please, like, let it, mm. let her tell it through exposition in the game as your sort of tutorial master or whatever approach they're going with that. I'm totally off for this character. I yeah. think she's really cool. But, like, please, I mean, don't get me wrong, guys, to argue against myself, to play devil's advocate. If you want a chance to make a book that doesn't feel essential to maybe the core story of Infinite so I don't, or other people don't feel like they're missing out, have a book about that telling her story. But at the same time, I'm like, man... I don't want to. I, I want to feel all in with Infinite. I want to feel like I get everything out of it within the core experience itself. You make you know, a great be, point, Josh. And I. I mean, I feel like we probably will get a book about her. <laughs> yep, that's what worries me. But happy for others that could be excited for that because there's a story there. They're obviously setting up. You know, yep. so implying either which way, whether it's through exposition, whether it's through something they have planned. But aside from that, man. Super, super cool. It says, you know, she needs to train and prepare a new generation, and it's fallen on the very capable shoulders of herself. So, and she's no stranger to what it means to have heroes that can be relied on. So, sounds like she alone, or at least she's at the head of being responsible for this new wave of Spartan Fours. And man, just imagining the headspace that that must be for someone of her stature. Like, I can't wait to get to kind of learn more about her character. On one hand, I'm like, man, I do miss, it's like, I, I do miss the kind of bungee vibe where, you know, you had the Johnson who was like, everything else felt serious, and then you had this character kind of at the head that helped kind of made yeah. you relax a little bit and helped you keep your shoulder, your guard down. You know, you could relax and clench your jaw, that kind of thing, and have fun. But on the other hand, it's really cool to have someone like this, and it makes sense why she's in the position she's in and, and has the sense of seriousness. And again, we're only picking apart several Say, dude, we have no seconds. idea. Yeah. She might not even be that serious. Yeah, I mean, she you seems know? that way, which is she good. Does. But, like, again, for anyone that doesn't like her, I would just say, hang on. Like, you know, we're only going off a very few, brief few seconds 
we don't actually know the full context of, of what she's going to really do outside. Can you imagine just like here. running around in multiplayer and like Spartan Agrina comes over your comms and like, do you usually have your head shoved that far up your ass, soldier? Like, you know, like something funny. Yeah, I really hope. I really hope because I know I understand why people don't like Palmer in contrast. So I really hope with Lorette that they're going for more. I don't know if I want to say a motherly approach, but like something a little bit with a little bit more compassion, even if it's like, I mean, I understand they're Spartans, they're soldiers, but something with a little bit more like, hey, we're on the same side rather than calling people eggheads and all this other shit like you need to feel on the same side because otherwise people are going to hate this character just as much as Palmer. So hopefully they're doing something. uh, You know, I I trust it. I I trust that what they're doing. But um, for my like, it's not going to bother me. You know what I mean? It's not going to phase me because I'm going to be like. Okay, this is cool that this is all under the umbrella of this is in universe. I don't want that necessarily. I don't need that. But the fact that everyone seems to really love it and the fact that the way they're well, the way they're doing it here seems fantastic, so I'm all in on it. So, I'm not going to be someone that gets like make or break over how she is, but hopefully for other people out there that really had a hard time with Palmer that they're going to balance her a bit more better in terms of how she may communicate and talk to you Spartans because you would think if she's being responsible for you you know that she's going to be more caring more invested not necessarily that doesn't necessarily translate to nice but you would still think there's going to be a little bit more um, of a tether there as opposed to just being an asshole if you want to make us not like somebody do that (laughs) and that's why people don't like Palmer yeah, I mean, I, I get, I just get a vibe that they've really put some a lot of thought into her character. Um, they, they very much want to show her off. So, yeah, and hey, um, you know what? On and, and just even saying that, if they do have a comic book or a book, you know, it's a great way to really show why she is the way she is to our characters. Now, on one hand, I don't like the idea of having to go out of my way to really get to understand her that way because it's like I'm paying sixty dollars to. Get try to get this stuff here, but at the same time, Star Wars does the same thing. I mean, it's it's the problem when you have a universe this large, you know. Yeah, and, and st- but Star Wars does the same thing. To be fair, and I know if when they do stuff like that, sometimes it does feel like too much. Other times, it does feel really cool, and you feel rewarded for that. So, but but what I'm trying to say at bottom line with her is that I think it is cool that even though they're not really able to say much right away, that um, like Jeff here is basically trying to say that this is someone who does have history. And she has sort of the weight of this new gen on her shoulders, like, and that's, you know, that's big deal. Yeah, she's she's got a big responsibility. Yeah, so it definitely makes me. I I I I have no reason to dislike her. I have no reason to like her yet. I'm super indifferent, but like, I'm really excited to see what she's like. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair stance. Um, Reading on, Josh says the Spartan Academy program gives you the platform to hone your skills against fellow recruits and learn how to maximize the new tools at your disposal. Hell yeah. Plus, there's plenty of fun little elements to be dissected by lore lovers and detailed divas. For more on how the the team at 343 are approaching crafting your personal Spartan's journey, including another glimpse at the aforementioned Spartan Agrina and the Academy feature, make sure you check out the Halo Infinite multiplayer Vidoc released earlier this week, which we covered. You know what? I will say one quick thing. Uh, I, I do like, I mean, don't get me wrong overall. Like, I, I'm someone who doesn't need, like, I didn't need in Halo 4 to have the multiplayer feel so, like, in-universe focused. Like, almost sort of fourth wall breaking. I don't need that. But I'm, I'm at the same time, I'm happy they're doing this for Infinite. And I think it is going to be great, like, overall for everybody. Because, you know, if you're someone new coming into this, it's gonna feel like a it's not it's not gonna feel so segregated that I think most multiplayers have been right. So you're yeah. gonna feel like you can go from 
finishing the campaign into this other thing. And then suddenly for, for someone who's like never played Halo before, like I just picture like an older dad or like some young kid that's getting into it for the first time because maybe his friends are suggesting it or their sons are suggesting it, you know, um, or mom, even grandma, you know, like anybody who's not really ever been too much into this stuff. They go from the campaign into multiplayer and suddenly they're like, oh, I can make my own spark. Ooh, this is cool. You know, and then it's got some story elements in there as a way to sort of hold your hand through, um, kind of taking you from fighting AI like PVE to now PVP. And I think that's a nice marriage. It seems like they've reached it, but uh, I'm very excited for it for that reason. Like there's always that uncertainty when something's new, but I'm so excited even because within the the whole soft reboot kind of shell of the approach that they're doing, the DNA, there's so much new stuff they're doing that they've never done before or they're doing in a brand new way. And this is like, this reminds me of like, there's, I'm, I'm seeing so much experience learned from Halo 4's approach, and it's, dude, it makes me so excited. Yeah, it really, it really feels like, you know, 343 is a developer that has worked with Halo for over a decade. That's what this game feels like. It feels like them taking everything they've learned over all this time and really, because, you know, you got to think about, like, when Bungie was transitioning 343 and helping them to take over the, the actually, technically, uh, it was, well, Depends on how you look at it. Like, 343 started at its very, very small core inception. I'm pretty sure it was 2007. Like, the the, the actual name and, like, the beginning of the corporation. Mm. Um, and, and over the years until, you know, I think it was 2011, I think they handed it over officially to uh, 343, okay. all this stuff. But, um, so, you know, but then also Halo 1 was made, you know, was started being built in 1998, 99, whatever, or maybe even seven, I don't know. So roughly 10 years when Bungie started to take their skill and everything sure. they had and pass it along. Well, now you're looking at 343. They have roughly 10-ish years, if not a little more themselves. So if you kind of think of all the experience that Bungie had when they were crafting their swan song, which would have been Reach, um, you know, or you could say Halo 3 if you want to go back to that, um, that's kind of where we've arrived with 343 now. You know, they can they can take all they've learned and make the best experience. Um, yeah, dude, absolutely. I feel like we're seeing more and more. It, I don't want to say they weren't before, but it felt like with Halo 4 and 5, there was very much an approach to 343 to try to, try to, of course, respect what's come before, but also take it in a new direction and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like with Infinite, it's like they've realized it's okay to look like a bungee game, yeah. Or, or to look like Bungie's Halo, and that's really the magic, you know, the aesthetic, nailing yeah. it down. Because there was so much praise in Halo Wars 2 with the art design, and then you see that kind of carrying over in this stuff. And I think they're realizing, like, we can still make our own game building off that blueprint rather than trying to build off our own blueprint. And people seem more excited than ever because of it. If I'm right, damn, was that a brilliant stroke, whoever made no, that I mean, that's- decision. That's the truth, man. We've talked about it in prior episodes, but like Halo has been worked on by so many different people, even before uh, 343 got their hands on making their own Halo game. You had you had so many different people with different visions on the inside of Bungie, people mm-hmm. that came to Bungie to work on Halo, people that left Bungie and weren't on, maybe somebody who was on Halo 1 but weren't on Halo 2, people that got assigned different roles, people that wrote books, people that did comics. I mean, and, and, and you know, prior to like Halo 4, Everybody just kind of ran with Bungie's aesthetic and Bungie's style and put their own spin on it. Even Halo Wars One was like a spin on Bungie. Right. Halo 4, Hell Halo, yeah. Not not to say Halo Four wasn't a spin on Bungie at all, because obviously there's plenty of things that they mm-hmm. took from Bungie, but it was more like them want you know saying, hey, we need to craft our, our own kind of thing. And now they're going back. Now they're saying, okay, 
we're going to lean into the things that make the series familiar and then and then give our own flair to that. Absolutely. Uh, They're building off that cool. foundation, and it seems to be working so great so yes, far. Yes, uh, which is really cool. Josh, now, as we go forward in this cannon fodder, a lot of the next parts here are just a, a, a name of an armor and a picture of it. And without people you know, being able to see it on this podcast, I think it'd be better if we just kind of mentioned it real quick and moved forward since we got a lot of... Sure, I'm sure left. I'll have a little bit of stuff to say, but we yeah. definitely got more things we want to talk about. So yeah, we're just, we'll skim through this stuff more quickly, guys. Yeah, but so the, the first picture is an aviator armor uh, with a really cool visor. That's kind of what I would... Hannibal Weapon Systems is the manufacturer. Is that a is that is Hannibal someone a company that's been mentioned I, before in the lore? I guarantee if I go to Halopedia, I could figure it out. But I, I just I don't know. I don't follow that stuff that closely. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see right now if that is just I'm super curious because I feel like yeah. there's someone. I out think there I've seen like, the word yeah. in games before. Yeah, yeah. Hannibal. Uh, um, it looks like it is according to yeah. It says uh, human Hannibal Weapon Systems is a human ordinance and yeah. There's yeah. a bunch of stuff about that. So yeah. Anyway, not gonna not gonna read that because everyone probably we're not. Knows that already. We're not uh, we're not one of Jeff's detailed divas, you know. What I mean? <laughs> so continue though, Brian. Um, it tells uh, yeah, the next armor we have, I'm probably gonna mispronounce. Oh no, read the aviator helmet bio. I like. What oh, that okay, Josh. Jeez. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, the aviator helmet. Me. Read is that tailored. shit. I love it. Uh, okay. Well, I don't want to bore people. Um, the aviator helmet is tailored them. for use by cybernetically augmented aerospace pilots. Among its many special features is a high-bandwidth machine interlink configured to operate seamlessly with next-gen neural interlaces. It just made me think of Blade Runner. Within cells interlinked. Within cells interlinked. <laughs> I love. I just love that they have a bio there because they just, yeah. you know, it's like the same thing with the maps. Like, I, I can't imagine they're going to no, be that's, I mean, that's what's cool about like, cannon fodder. It helps fill yeah. the world. Absolutely. And it. armor looks cool. Don't have much to say about that other than the visor, which you guys have probably seen. Looks like... That looks like the kind of shit I see when I close my eyes and I rub my eyes too much. Uh, yeah, weird. right. But uh, anyway, take us forward, Brian. Um, the next armor is called, is it, would you say Vesda? Yeah, Vesda? I Vesda. That's hard. Uh, the, so it's made by the RKD group, and it says, The Vesda faceplate incorporates a programmable phased array antenna grid through leveraging its full capabilities has proven to be a challenge for software developers. This looks awesome. Hmm. I don't have anything to say about the picture itself, guys. But I do want to touch on for a minute. This seems really cool that within all the customizing options, we're seeing right here in this cannon fodder that each it seems like each piece is getting some kind of manufacturer name and getting a little bit of a bio about it. So like I just think about Halo Fives, Halo Fours, and that had little brief bits, you know, some of some things here and there. But like this seems to have a much more focus again, like quality over quantity. Yeah. And you're seeing that in the sort of like each one gets the manufacturer name. Each one for for lore nuts, that's huge. Even if it's nothing, it's still something to make. I mean, it I could be wrong, but I actually think there was the same. Th- I think Halo Five had that too, Josh. I, I could be wrong, but I mean, I love Halo Five, but I don't remember it. So this seems. Yeah, to be no, right. I love. I mean, I love. I love Halo Five, but no, I'm just saying. Is, like, no, this I just way better. <laughs> no, just well, the armors in Halo Five just you know I, I I don't really get enjoyment out of being negative. But I you know most of the armors in Halo Five I just didn't really care for how it looked. Hey, they're the, the designs were kind of man. They were not, they were uninteresting. Yeah, you know, super bad. Um, so. the next one is Soldier Manufacturer Group is Materials Group. The latest iteration of the Soldier Helmet features a new revision of Materials Group's Combat Catalyst firmware. The fire team synchronization features remain unfinished, but Dr. Halsey's interests make accelerate See, that's development. so cool! That's, that's so badass. Cool. I love and dude, that. you know, I think you mentioned this on a prior episode, but like, I'm not really a camo guy either, but this is like the coolest I've ever seen camo look. Dude, right? I'm, I'm love loving it. this. Like, like I could almost helmet. wear that. Man, even the mouth part looks really awesome, but yeah, awesome. Take us forward. Um, 
And of course, there are always additional attachments and items that Spartans can leverage to optimize their presence on any battlefield. Take the Spartan below, for example, outfitted in the best color, orange. Oh, Jeff's favorite color is orange. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, equipped with elements such as the Mark 7 with UA Armet Helmet Attachment, AAP Ordnance Pack, UA Viator Shoulder Pad, and uh, Transhumeral Prothesis. Prothesis, sorry. Yeah, prothesis. And hey, that... That S7 sniper rifle isn't too shabby. That sniper rifle looks amazing. That look good, Brian. That look that real good, good, Joe. That look good. <laughs> oh no, this looks badass. Visuals. I mean, yeah. the whole thing. Absolutely. Amazing. Uh, you want me to move on, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. I don't okay. Uh, next, we get into that. I, just, that was, I love the bios that they have for this stuff. Continue. Yeah, really cool. Um, next, uh, one one thing we had on Tuesday, the day before the cannon fodder, was the they, they've been putting up these really in depth cosplay guides, and you know me and Josh don't know yeah. anything about cosplay, but we've heard uh, from like cosplayers that like this guide is like serious <coughs> business. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, Mikey cosplay for yeah, for example. Yeah, this is like serious business guide. This isn't like a just you know, here's one page with a couple ideas. It's like this yeah, is here's a, thorough, a printable thorough. sheet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thing so because I'll, I'll read it here it says uh, speaking of new armor this week we also released a brand new official cosplay guide our first full foray into the space was the ODST rookie guide from last September yeah. and of course yep. it's only fitting that our next edition focuses on the Mark 7 Gen 3 suit of armor featured in Halo Infinite multiplayer very nice coming in at a kind of ridiculous 100 plus pages of reference wow, dude. and delicate details with a fodder flavored flair it's the perfect foundation to kick off your own custom Mjolnir initiative man I kind of chuckled at that Fodder flavored flare, man. That's fodder flavored flare. You've heard of Brudios. <laughs> You've yeah. heard of Covenant Crunch. Now get right. ready for fodder flavored flare, ladies. And um, for more info and download links, make sure to check out our dedicated Mjolnir Mark Seven cosplay guide right here. So that's something you guys can check out. Uh, this next part's pretty cool. It says weaponry thinking. Care for a little info on a couple featured tools of the trade? We thought oh, you, you might. might. First thing they show is this awesome weapon that if you're a Gears of War fan, you probably feel right at home. Uh, it's called the skewer, and uh, for I know most of you like hardcore lore, f- <laughs> hardcore lore fans. Oh, know sorry, this I'm only laughing because what, what is it? What is the coalition's helping work out on it or help them? Help oh yeah, this game, no, right? they are. I was like someone, someone from coalition, like Turd Ferguson before he left, was like, "Hey man, gotta get that, gotta get something that looks like the chainsaw bayonet in there, guys." Yeah, like they're gonna love it. Yeah, that, that's the only way the coalition's helping. Like they're just bringing the lance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this is called the the skewer, and for all you hardcore lore fans, of course you know what the brutes are called. But for the few li- you know listeners who don't know, uh, the brutes' actual alien name is the Geralne. Dra- I think I'm saying that right, Geralne. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so this says it's Geralne design originating from before their alliance with the Covenant. So the skewer was something that they had as brutes before they joined the Covenant. I think that's really interesting because that would help explain why we never saw it, right? Yeah, um, in the other games, people would ask those questions. Me, I'm like, yes. I don't care, but it's it's important they cover that. So I'm very uh, happy to hear that. the skewer is an anti tank spike cannon used by banished packs for anti personal tasks. The massive sharpened projectile is devastating, more than a match for titanium alloy armor at range. But reloading is a difficult task. So it sounds like a lot of high risk, high reward type thing there. Yeah, this seems. I mean, it, it, this seems like it's it's going to be really good at helping take down vehicles like if you're because you know as a player you never really have too much agency without something big like the rocket launcher spark yeah. or that kind of thing to really take down um, a ship like i'm thinking like let's say hypothetically they go for a remake of blood gulch coagulation whatever um you know and you're kind of out in the open and stuff like that uh, and a warthog let's say brian and i are in the warthog and stuff like that and we're traveling out there as a player on foot you feel like you don't have too much room if, if you've gotten yourself wide open 
You feel like you're just, you know, you're just a uh, cannon fodder. Yeah. <laughs> See what yeah. I did? There, God? <laughs> but uh, but no. In all seriousness, then then you know, little does that little do we know in the warthog that you're packing the skewer, and suddenly, bam, we start taking tons of damage. The wheels begin to come off, and our ship, or I'm sorry, our, our warthog begins to take destruction. And Brian or I, whoever's yeah. drawing, one of us is like, get out, get out, get <laughs> out, you know, go. And it, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be reading into it incorrectly. But going off what I remember seeing in. The multiplayer video, it looked like it was shooting the tires off of a Warthog. This thing looks pretty deadly when it comes to uh, yeah. defense for players to give them a little more options to to really intimidate, to make those people in the vehicles think twice. I think that's awesome. Well, it just takes me back to like waiting for Halo 3 to launch and, and reading about the Spartan Laser going, man, I can't wait to find out what it's like to use the Spartan Laser. Now I'm feeling that way for the skewer. I so, get that, dude. It's nice to feel that way again, cool. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, um, dude. This next weapon is the one we saw from last year's reveal. I yes. think everybody thought it looked pretty cool. It's called the VK78 Commando, manufactured by Vakara Gezmbh. VK78 Commandos were selected by the CMA Frontier Forces to replace their antiquated stocks of HMG38s in 2495. Yeah, uh, I like John, that. That's there. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do you have a question? Oh, I was just gonna say, like, okay, this is what I'm confused about. Maybe this is a really dumb question. Like, is this like, is this a replacement for a weapon we've had before? Like, are we still getting a DMR, or is this kind of the new I was gonna DMR? Say, is it- I'm getting the impression this is like their new take on a DMR because I, I love the DMR, but I also feel like it's too close to the battle rifle, and or depending on how you look at Fair it, enough. the battle rifle is too close to that. So I feel like this is some type of new DMR that they're trying to make feel distinct enough that it's that it's yeah. worth picking up. You know, if you got the two side by side, they're 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 both beneficial in their own ways, as opposed to being a little bit more similar, aside from the scope and one shot, three shot burst. But what I think is cool, this gun, even when I first saw it aesthetically, didn't look too Halo to me. But I get, I get I think, that. I, well, the reason why I think that's cool though is because we're seeing now who it's manufactured by, and we know that this is not like a typical weapon. This is like. Yeah. This is not real UNSC brand type shit. This is, and that could further imply like, hey man, they are really hurting. They've really had to go to extreme lengths to really try to get more stuff and more weaponry and shit. I could be reading into that wrong, but I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a cool thought and a cool way to explain, you know, for people who are like, I don't like how it looks though. Maybe they can get behind it a little bit more. At least that's what I'm hoping because I like it. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing about it not looking Halo is like. The way it becomes looking like Halo is it's in Halo long enough. You know, that's yep. kind of how it is. Dude, that is so well said, Brian. Damn, wow, that, needs to be a, <laughs> that needs to be a tweet. Uh, okay, well, I'll have to... I don't even remember how I said it now, so I'll have to play it back Just, to... <laughs> very profound yeah. moment there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thanks, Josh. Um, yeah. Moving into uh, vehicles, it says, Of course, it wouldn't be Halo without a variety of stalwart steeds to ride into battle with. Let's take like a look that. at some of those examples now. I just pictured a Spartan riding an actual horse. That <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so the water have... gorge. <laughs> yeah. Bringing that back. Uh, dude, if I see that in the game, I'll be slayed. Um, <laughs> You're like, that's water fang gorge! Yeah. Uh, so... One of the biggest complaints people had when Banished were first unveiled to be in Halo Infinite is that when we saw the gameplay last year, people were like, oh, most of the stuff doesn't really look Banished. It looks more just Covenant-like. But I think that those fears have been kind of put to rest here. Uh, First thing we're seeing is the Banshee. Uh, It says, Kalem Workshop, if I'm pronouncing that right, hopefully. Attack Flyer. I think you are. You're on fire. The Banshees that dominate the local Banished Occupation fleet have begun thoroughly, uh, have been thoroughly optimized to increase armor and combat durability, but also maintain the base chassis core performance aptitude. Josh, I don't know if you agree, but to me, this 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 Banshee looks just a bit more chunkier than what we're used to. 
Yeah, and considering it says increased armor and combat durability, what that's telling me, and I could be reading too much in, into it, but it's almost like, I almost feel like they're trying to tell us, like, hey, for all you guys that are, like, really wanting to read between the lines here, this is going to be a bit more harder to take down. It's got a bit more health, but, you know, it's still going to be, it's going to, maybe it's going to be maneuverability-wise not as good, but still going to have some solid maneuverability in there. So you're going to have, like, the trade-off of, like, it's more tankier. But um, it's it's a little bit harder to steer, but maybe you're getting a little bit of a balance there. And I'm sure if I'm right, they're probably going to do it in a way that doesn't feel too different from the typical Banshee. But they want a way to make it feel different, distinct. And I really approve of them trying to go for that approach. Because yeah, then otherwise, no. what's to change them from saying, why not just go for purple? You know, why not just make it purple? Because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, no, I, I actually, you know, the Banshee's got this Banshee's got enough differences to it that it feels different, but it feels still feels familiar enough. I really like it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, I agree. Perfect. Um, this is something that everyone was really excited about when we heard this was coming back. This is, <laughs> so the chopper's coming back. Brew chopper! Uh, Woo! Yeah, the chopper, I feel like everyone just loved the chopper when it came back in Halo 3, you know? Yes. Dude, um, so. such amazing times with that game in the sandbox because you could hit it with the brute hammer and send that fucker flying. You could be <laughs> in the brute chopper and the way you could just run into things. When you crashed into a warthog or something like that, you felt powerful despite it being a one-man vehicle. Dude, and it handled so unsta- unstably. Like, it was just... it was, But also just handled bounced. well. That's like what I'm saying. Purposely unstable. Dude, yeah. purposefully unstable, but like you felt so rewarded by it if you were someone who knew how to utilize that. And I'm picturing Sand Trap right now. That's where all my memories are with this baby. And it just, oh my God, so many fun times with it. Absolutely, dude. It says this would be hard to pronounce. Probably. A lot of things in here I'm not too good at pronouncing. Um, You're doing fantastic. Bull Rocky? Bull Rocky Workshop? Hell yeah, Brian. Uh, it says attack bike. The shared knowledge of six dispar- disparate clans contributed to the refined and imposing chopper design that now permeates the banished ranks. Its raw firepower and visceral locomotion provided <laughs> provide the forces with the per- perfect tool for both breaching and demoralizing an enemy presence. This thing looks like if you get hit by it, you go and die immediately. <laughs> exactly. And I love that they yeah. say visceral locomotion. <laughs> this yeah. thing's this thing can move, but bam, man, is it deadly. Um, this is the equivalent of like a Mad Max vehicle in Halo. Oh yeah, right? dude, well said. So, yeah, thank you. But uh, Love so, Mad and Max. I, I like that it says perfect tool for both breaching and demoralizing any enemy presence. Because one in campaign, we see from the gameplay footage we saw last year, there's a lot of enemy encampments and stuff. At least it seems that way. And this this could be a really fun way to sort of breach those and stuff like that. Now, in something like multiplayer and big team, what if a character put down a drop shield? We know from what we've seen in gameplay now that players can shoot at parts of the drop shield and kind of make it disappear and stuff. So you can kind of cleave out your own opening, you know, if you will, right? Yeah. Well, what if maybe the brute chopper can just fucking go right through that? Player throws that down and they're like, oh, no, I'm not getting past. And the, nope. then you come through in the brute chopper and you're like, don't think so, buddy. You're and done. You just crash right through. Yeah, yeah, dude. Absolutely, dude. I'm so excited to be back into the chopper. Like, because it feels like. I'm so excited uh, to play Halo again, dude. Absolutely, man. man. It feels like there's been so many vehicle ideas across Bungie and 343 that didn't work. Um, Even though I have a soft spot for the Spectre, but it doesn't seem like the Spectre took off. The Prowler didn't really take off. I don't feel like the Forerunner Photon Flyer thing took off. Um, What other vehicles am I forgetting? Am I forgetting another vehicle? Oh, well, we had. Okay, I loved the Hornet, but it never really came back. 
Um, we had the what was the one in Halo Reach? Do you remember what the was that the Falcon? I think it was. Mm, I don't know. So many different know. vehicles that just never really stuck. But to me, it felt like the chopper came right out of the gate. Everyone loved it, but then we didn't see it again. Well, then they did say too. You know, the, you know, they, they do have stuff that they're planning to roll out eventually, and uh, you know yeah. that that maybe that maybe that doesn't mean new vehicles and stuff like that. But I have a feeling that they may kind of slowly over time introduce ten year game, season. Josh. Definitely exactly. possible. Yes, absolutely, dude. And plus, like, for people out there that maybe are going to miss the sort of purple aesthetic and design, I'm sure they'll maybe have some match, um, some maps and matches during different seasons or stuff, or playlists even where stuff is more covenant themed. You know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe they work different with bouncing issues. You know, it depends on how they're approaching the design of these. But, um, but I think for people who kind of want that and miss that that purple bluish look, I mean, they'll they'll probably do something with that too. Like you said, ten year game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, it's it's too, you know, it's too bad. I, 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 you know, I enjoy so much Halo Four and Five, and there's a part of me that never would want them to be different because they're cemented in history, and I, I love them for what they are. But it's it's kind of it's unfortunate that like there wasn't a way for them to fully, you know, know and plan on the banished right after Halo Three because this feels like the kind of follow up I want. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Like, you know, and it just took a while for them to. to well, I'm sure. It, but, I'm sure by the time Halo Infinite's out and we've all beaten the campaign, that it'll feel like. Five and four will retroactively be enhanced. Not to say that oh, four yeah. was bad, but I know how people, yeah. most people feel about five, and I think it'll... I yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm somebody who would like to, to have Halo 5's uh, story retroactively enhanced. Halo 4, to me, it's it's perfectly fine on its own. I love it already, so, but yeah, I totally wish sure. you. Um, next, we got the Ghost, which I believe is, it says the Reucta Workshop. Dude, nice. Um, oh, yeah. Scout Bike. The Ghost has proven to be a versatile, as versatile a mainstay in the banished garages as it was with the Covenant. The particular iteration focuses on forward armor while also providing enhanced firepower. Uh, looks pretty similar, but just a little bulkier. I think everything banishes just a bit bulkier. What do you think, yeah. Josh? Again, it looks nice it, and worn. Yeah, not as much to say about this one because I think it, it does kind of play into what I was thinking about the Banshee uh, earlier. Like I, I wonder, it, they make it sound like these things are going to be a bit tougher. And, and then if you have things... Um, you know, you have other weapons out there to kind of balance out that stuff, like the skewer. Maybe these things are going to have a bit more health to them, but maybe they, 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 their performance, the way they balance the speed, might be a little bit different. I don't know. And when it says it's this one says also providing enhanced firepower, maybe the damage on this thing is way better. You know, I don't know. So, but either yeah. way, dude, it looks cool. It's got this rugged look to it and everything. So, it just looks yeah, so absolutely. chunky. I love that. So I love British. it too. Yeah. Everything looks great. everything looks great. There's nothing I go, ooh, that's not really. I mean, we talked about the the commando a bit, but for the most part, there's nothing that really goes, oh, that's not. Halo. Yeah, and even then, it seems them. like in universe they're at least trying to explain that rather than for sure. This is just some like 1500, 1500 different armors you see in Halo Five or Four that look like nuts. It looked like Squidward's house. <laughs> yeah, I saw that yeah. meme. <laughs> um, next, we have we have like what feels like the eight hundredth iteration of a different a different UNSC flying vehicle. It seems mm-hmm. like. And this is not to blame anyone directly, you know, Bungie and uh, 343 of Florida with this. It doesn't seem like the Banshee has been consistent since Halo 1. seems like we can never properly land on a UNSC flyer, but the one they're introducing in uh, in Halo Infinite, and if it was in a Halo Wars game, I, I, I think it might have been. I've played both of them. I swore Wasp times. was in Halo Wars. because I'm pretty them. sure it is, but I, I can't say for sure, but I've played them several times. It's kind of embarrassing. I can't remember, but ah, dude, uh, so no, next, not, I don't know that shit. <laughs> uh, the next people, but people expect me to be better, Josh. 
just because I'm the you know Halo it's all good, buddy. Guy, you know, but <laughs> on here, but uh, no. Um, the Wasp, it says AV-49 attack VTOL. Or, yeah. uh, fast to produce and easy to maintain and optimize, the AV-49 has seen increased widespread use in environments and scenarios where versatility and low-profile operations are at a premium. Thing looks yep. pretty awesome to me. I like yeah, it. Yeah, dude. No, I, yeah, not too much to say about it. I got a soft spot for awesome. Hornet, but... Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's a one-man vehicle, um, as far as I can tell, but I, I really hope, whether it's now at launch or through time i really hope we get to see a lot of vehicles that are like uh that you know let you have other players you know let you hop in there because that's some that's so much of the 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 fun of mm. the the multiplayer sandbox is getting to have things like the warthog and and stuff like that yeah, you I know think having... i actually disagree with you on that one josh oh yeah you like the single stuff the single use? well i think i think you know the 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 whole problem i i spoke of was that the the unsc has not had a flying vehicle with the consistency and mainstay that the banshees had and well, yeah. I think part of the reason is because all the UNSC flyers have always been multi-seated. Right. I think if they, going they make by this, that, wa- this looking at this yeah. vehicle, the the fact that it's single use to to balance, you know, much more like a banshee. Like a unit. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that's perfect. But I still hope there's other vehicles like that to really yeah that, that I'd still like to help see the give more back player options. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whatever whether it's whether it's um, Banisher or UNSC, I just I love those ones where you can you know like a Scorpion where everyone could hop on the side of it, even though that was pointless, or someone could hop in the turret. You know, I, I love those types of uh, opportunities and stuff. But this is great to have a balance for the Banshee because it looks it's a little bit wider, but uh, looks like it's almost got a similar design in a way, in its own. Yeah. UNSC. If I had to guess, I feel like, and I'm probably wrong, but I feel like the Banshee would do maybe a bit more damage, but this has a bit more armor. Yeah, or you know, better maneuverability or something like that. Yeah. You never know. So yeah, yeah. Um, this next this next vehicle looks it's a UNSC vehicle, but it looks about as oh, bulky yeah. as a banished vehicle, which is badass. The Razorback. I'm really excited about this uh, this vehicle. What do you think, Josh? Oh, absolutely, dude. Razorback seems fantastic. I love the name. It's a classic name. That to me is going to be as classic as Warthog. Oh, it's, it's got Halo. a nice sound it to is it. Undeniably yeah. a Halo name. Yep. Uh, it says yeah. M15 light tactical vehicle. Originally a specialized offshoot of the traditional Warthog, the latest Razorback model is the result of a robust design study that incorporated learnings from rigorous testing programs on several virtual uncharted worlds. Even without onboard weapon systems installed, the up-armored design and increased payload capacity makes the Razorback an equally viable option on the battlefield alongside its more ubiquitous Porcine cousin. Did I say that right? <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, yes, you did, Amazing, man. yeah. If now, like I said, I think we said in the prior episode, if this thing manages to be used properly in in certain modes, objectives, whatever, and players that are able to jump on the back are able to actually really function, because now maybe I'm just a terrible player, but I don't know if you agree with me, Josh, but usually when I'm a passenger in a warthog, <laughs> there ain't much I can do. Um, so if they manage to make this really usable, then I'm, it's going to be a mainstay. I feel like the warthog from Halo Three that carried Marines never really went anywhere. Well, what I'm most interested to learn is whether they're going to bring back the ability that Halo 5 had where you could press A in the passenger seat or the turret seat in a Warthog and you could switch between the two. Or if your driver died and you're on the turret, you press A and they do an animation where they jump over into the driver's side. I thought that was amazing and that should always be in there from now on. Um, So I'm really hoping that's the opportunity because if you got two players in the back and like the flag drops or something like that because they get shot down. I don't know. I mean, maybe they could. You know, I know they can stash it and stuff on the back of it too. But like, if that's something that happens, then maybe the player on the passenger passenger side, or even the driver, can hop, you know, and switch over. And you know, I mean, that almost sounds like way too much work. But uh, I just there's a lot of uh, a lot of options and potential with this kind of thing. And plus, they make it sound like uh, even because this doesn't have a turret, their way to sort of balance that is it's going to be a lot more tougher. 
So yeah. uh, I really like the sound of that. Dude, yeah, it seems be like it'd be excited. a beast to take down. Like if, if you if somebody was in this warthog and they had the flag in the warthog, or not, I'm sorry, razorback. If the razor they had the razorback and they had the flag, and somebody was like, I'm just gonna get the flag back by destroying this thing. It looks like that's not the best option because yeah. it's gonna take a lot of firepower to take it down. This shit looks like some Elon Musk design stuff. Like it looks <laughs> way more tankier. I think it looks Absolutely. better than Elon Musk designs. Honestly, I'm not too impressed with this design. <laughs> well, fair enough, but uh, uh, it definitely looks uh, a bit more thicker and, and sturdy. It's it's built to last a bit more because it's it's far more vulnerable, I think, than the Warthog one is. At least uh, in terms of um, player agency. So yeah. just being not, not not having a turret and stuff like that. So yeah, but take us forward. Uh, okay, so moving into a new section here. This is pretty cool. Making it personal. One thing you may have noticed in various multiplayer gameplay shots is the presence of a personal artificial intelligence unit. For obvious reasons, it's only natural to expect the UNSC or anyone really to be uh, ret- reticent. reticent when it comes to any sort of interaction with AI given recent events. That being said, the reality is that these constructs in various forms remain undeniably integral to a large portion of the foundational systems in place for 20th, 26th century life in particular when it comes to the military. However, necessary precautions aren't unwise to uphold, and the UNSC has maintained limited integration of more rudimentary constructs tailored to a variety of specializations. For example, meet Lumu, or is it Lumu or Lumu? Yeah, Lumu Lumu is Halo's Alexa, hell yeah. Okay, for example, meet Lumu. (laughs) One of the available constructs you'll be able to try out and have assist you in your Spartan training and combat endeavors. Lumu. Uh, Lumu constructs share a common citation calculus core with AI used in the fields of finance, providing a distinctive cost-benefit approach to decision-making assistance. That being said, they aren't quite as fun at parties. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I know um, the developer um, interacted with him a few times on Twitter from the Vidoc. Pat- Patrick, I think it's Patrick. Yeah. Is it Ren? Patrick Ren, a, maybe his last name? I think so. Um, he's such a he's really... Yeah, dude, he seems really stoked about this uh, the AI stuff. Um, so I, I feel like it's you know I've, my impression is that it's it's pretty cool, anyways. But he definitely seems like it's something that uh, players are going to resonate with. Right. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if they've directly said it, but like I feel like these are these are dumb AIs, aren't they? Like that's what I yes. feel like. But yeah. Well, uh, Ian said that in one of his recent videos. Okay. He was talking about smart AI versus dumb. Yeah. He said these were dumb. It's, 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 I was like, it's if Ian says it's right. <laughs> It's interesting the look they chose for him, and this this mm-hmm. is my opinion. I could be wrong, but if you look at the the design of of Lumu or one of the others that they've shown, it's very very simplistic. And my guess is because the AI is going to be part of the customization of the game and the monetization, they want to be able to create potentially you know hundreds of these different AIs over time that you can yeah. earn or pay for to customize your Spartan. And you know it's a lot easier to have. AIs with a simple design like that to make hundreds of them. You know what I mean? Well, definitely. If they're doing the if going by the battle pass system, I mean, if a new season has one of these dumb AIs that has a really cool voiceover, you know, like I said, it could be a buck, for example, yeah. just to do it. You know, just to do it, people are going to want to maybe buy into that battle pass. Then that's going to incentivize them. Anything they can do to to do that, because you know, me, I would want one that sounded like buck, you know, or whatever. I yeah. mean, but there definitely gives them the opportunity to do that kind of stuff. Um, however, they yeah, absolutely, to it. man. Um, moving on, it says map wrap. We'll look oh, yes. to dive a yeah. bit more into some of the deeper fictional foundations to be found in Halo Infinite's multiplayer play spaces later down the road. But here's a little dab of detail to hold you. Over I just dab now. y'all. <laughs> I kind of, kind of. I was thinking of our emote from the Discord. Um, 
Behemoth. This map is called Behemoth. It says it mm-hmm. has survived for a hundred millennia, but this ring still holds fast to secrets yet unknown. What does that mean? I love those kind of things. Oh right. my god. Right. And this just looks so undeniably Halo, this map. Um, what is this? It kind of gives me a little bit of Zanzibar vibes. I get like a mix between Zanzibar and Relic. Relic more so in the openness of it. And this just that it, it seems more um, like a beachfront, but but then again, Zanzibar had the same thing with the palm trees and everything. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh man, I love it. So Very much, cool. Dude. I Very can't cool. wait to play this. I know, oh. dude. It's so exciting. Uh, the next map is called Fragmentation. Now more than ever, Installation of Seven Serene Surface belies a deeper strain and conflict. I love all the trees, man. I just love trees so much. <laughs> dude, I love jungle, forest foliage. It's my favorite uh, aesthetic and in, in terrain in games. This looks fantastic. I can tell this is going to be a blast in big team battle. Without going into too much of the picture itself, since you guys can't see it, uh, I just can't wait, guys, to have those Warthog run moments with everyone in multiplayer playing Capture the Flag and shit. And everything, you see some designs even in this that just are more uh, Halo Combat Evolved themed in in the sense of Forerunner stuff. And we're seeing that in the game overall as a whole. So just so damn cool. Yeah, I mean, just just looking at this, like it, it makes me think of how much it hurt my soul to see those Forge maps in Halo Five that were bland. And <laughs> man, I can't wait oh. for someone to put up a comparison of something like try to make that map in Forge, you know, and just Once, like this dude, is. Yeah. One time, my mom, when Pinterest, she first discovered Pinterest, she made this like special like pork chops in a crock pot thing with apples, and she did it wrong. And that when we when we went to go eat the pork chops, it just tasted like white rubber. <laughs> I'm like that's Ooh. like what that's what Forge maps like remind me of in Halo Five. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. Oh, um, next map is Recharge Resource Infrastructure Facilities, such as those run by Axis Hydro- Hydroelectric Division, help maintain stable energy grids for colony worlds throughout the UEG. Uh, beautiful okay. map. Yeah. Now, even though this is run by Axis's Hydroelectric Division or whatever, I wish so badly. That that would have been the Axis stuff would have been more of a play on Axios, as ridiculous as that might sound. Yeah, um, just yeah, because no, I, I like I would have liked the name to be called Axis or Axios for that. That's funny you the, brought that up because when we were looking at the Razorback earlier, I'm like, I need to see like uh, a Razorback in real life now, like we saw the Warthog from Forward and the Dawn. Hell yeah, you know? yeah, hopefully, hopefully um, on Showtime. Uh, the next map is called Live Fire. Instructors at the Avery J. Johnson Academy of Military Science ensure their Spartans are prepared for any challenge that a hostile galaxy throws at them. Have we seen much of this map? Yes, we have. This is the one that looks a little bit more bland. When we did our last episode, you mentioned it kind of looks more Forge-like. Almost. Oh, that one. Okay. Well, yes. It looks better here to me. Yes, because this one, you can tell this is a bit more basic in terms of the aesthetics. Because, uh, you know, and, and plus the, the design, too. But I think that makes sense because this is this is literally a map based on where you're kind of starting out, where your tutorial in the multiplayer pretty much is from the sound of it. So that's cool that they're not having some tutorial section that you don't really get to play on in a further in multiplayer. It's nice that they're going to have some aspect to that, you know, connected to it um, for use to play against yeah. other players and bots. So very for cool. sure. OK, dude, this map is probably might be the one I'm most excited about just because it takes me oh, back yeah? to my to my favorite game of all time. It's so nostalgic. It says this map's called Bizarre. The, uh, you're the bizarre. East Af- <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Uh, <laughs> I love the you. East, <laughs> the East African Protectorate's plan to rebuild the glass urban core of Mombasa was ambitious and expensive, but Project Rebirth investment by the UEG and UNSC activi- active, activity ugh, at the nearby Voy Accession, accession? Man, yep. no, has revitalized some sections of the metropolis. So this map is basically New Mombasa from Halo 2. Yeah, which is amazing because that gives further credence to when we saw the uh, um, the graffiti work of Master Chief. You know, like the, he means something to the people 
that live in this place or did live at this place, you know, at some point or another, whether it's now or before. And I just think that's so fascinating. That's why I love multiplayer map design. That's why this stuff gets me so excited because it feels like it's something that was lived in. And Taraz always puts it best, and I'm paraphrasing it, but he always talks about in some of his like favorite multiplayer memory videos is that like, you know, you you can wander these maps by yourself and you think about, you know, what happened here, what kind of stories happened in these different corners and sects of these maps. And I didn't get that as much from five. I loved some of the maps, Empire, Truth, you know, Regret even, and and some of the other ones. I mean, there's a ton. Like I loved um well, I'm totally blanking on the name right now. I guess that goes to further prove my point. But uh <laughs> but these maps look fantastic, dude. They look like places that have been lived in or operated in that there was use you know like you can see weapon racks and like in this one you can just see the the cuckoo's cafe and stuff like that it's like oh man people reading in there and shit that's cool the thing the thing i would say do is like okay so like i know we said like a couple episodes ago we were like man if they were only going to launch with five maps we'd rather wait a year and have them launch like 12 um but despite saying that the thing that i like about these maps from what i've seen is for the most part these maps look like maps that i would never tire of that would be fun forever and that's the thing is you know playing Bungie's games growing up so many of the maps were just infinitely infinitely replayable they never got old and then I mean there was and, and 343 has done that as well off the top of my head um, Haven um, Empire Truth uh, just off the top of my head there's three maps right there that to me just feel infinitely infinitely replayable like they're just so good but I would say there's and don't get me wrong Bungie had a lot of stinker maps in my opinion but uh, 343 doesn't seem to have as many that stood the test of time like that made me want to play them endlessly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they have had some, but so far, every map that they've released for Infinite looks like, okay, you've, you've taken the time, and, and these are maps I want to play forever. And honestly, like I'd rather have five maps that were like forever maps than like, you know, two. No, for sure. Although I get are, the impression this is they're more showing what we can expect to play in the flight. Like they're not going to reveal other cards okay. yet, so this is something yeah, more comfortable point. with showing because they didn't show other any other maps in the uh, gameplay trailers. So, but one thing I do want to say real quick is going off just these over real quick. Behemoth totally sounds like a map name that I would see in like I don't know Reach or maybe Halo Four, and then we go down to Fragmentation. That's totally the name of like a Halo Four map. Like that's so Halo Four inspired. I get that, or maybe even Halo Combat Evolved. I could see you know because they had some crazy names with some of those Fragmentation, but then Recharge. I'm thinking like that's that's more Halo Five vibes. Live Fire to me feels a little more like um, like somewhere between Reach and Halo Five. I think I don't know, just me personally. And then Bizarre. It could be just the aesthetics pulling me in, guys. But when I see Bizarre, I think of things like Zanzibar. And I think <laughs> of things like Halo 2. You know, just Halo 2, Halo 3. Yeah. I'm getting some of those vibes. So I'm loving the the different uh, names. I, I could just be reading too much into it. But there's just seeing all the names here. I'm like, man, they really are trying to pull from every Halo game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, absolutely, dude. I pretty much agree with all your everything you said there. Um I say, dude, I, as as we close this uh, cannon fodder, because I'm just gonna read to the end of the infinite stuff. There's a few more things at the end, but I don't think we should touch on because it's kind of no, off topic. I gotcha. Um, but it says, we hope that you are as excited as we are to experience the new curious corners in store to explore. The holiday season can't come soon enough. Josh, I said it on our first. You know, we did episode 79, I believe, and we discussed the release date stuff. I was, you know, you were of the opinion you think it's gonna be delayed. I was of the opinion, you know, I do think well, I it's hope gonna I'm come wrong. this. Right. I do think it's going to come this year, but I was just frustrated with that release date. You know, every developer from Three for Three I've seen, every post, it always says later this year, later this holiday season. And you know, here Jeff is saying the holiday season can't come soon enough. 
I really, I'm sticking to my guns. I really do think it's going to come this year. I, I don't know the reasoning for not uh, giving us a date yet, but I mean, when they say holiday season, I think we're thinking, you know, it's going to be, you know, mid to late November or December. Like it's, they really just haven't nailed it down yet. Yeah. Uh, I on. mean, I, I hope I'm, I absolutely hope I'm wrong on that, but, uh, yeah, no, dude. I, I mean, I, I think you have, you make, it makes a lot of sense. You think that for sure. Well, and same um, with yeah, you. I mean, because so. even right there, he's saying this holiday season can't come soon enough. So, yeah. you know, there's the implication that it's still coming and, you know, get excited yeah. about that. So, yeah, for sure. Um, last thing it says is, wait, what? There was also campaign stuff, too, huh? Well, I think that for I think for that, we'll hold off a bit. Suffice to say, these won't remotely be the last questions you have as we head into the next chapter of the Halo universe. And it shows another shot that we saw from the E3 mm. presentation of Master Chief with uh, Cortana 2.0, the weapon. Oh, yeah. uh, looks amazing. Just it makes you want to play the game so bad. <laughs> yeah, she looks good, all right. Uh, yeah, it's we're all in love with the weapon. It's Josh's baby girl weapon now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, anyway, yeah. but yeah, Josh, that's that's the cannon fodder. I mean, guys, we want to keep this a short episode, but what we're going to go into next, just kind of close us out, is we just want to kind of talk about oh, how awesome it is. Two the, two things, real quick, small things. Just want to say. I, I, you know, as someone who doesn't, you know, I know I'm not a big season person, kind of like Brian. I am really excited. They talk in there and the rest of it about uh, the the new season coming out with elite customizable armor. That stuff I'm really excited about for people. That's so cool to see the elite support. And then also shout out to our dude, Alex Haruspis, who got featured at the end of this with um, his narration of the flood arrive from Halo Evolutions. Just thought that was really cool to see Alex in there. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention Alex. Actually, oh, my bad, but, my uh, bad, man. We'll, no, no, we'll it's cool, dude. No, totally cool. Yeah. Um, no, Alex, he did a, a reading of a portion from a Halo novel, and when you listen to him, you want to fall asleep immediately. Like it's better than sleeping pills or any kind of drug. You know, you just need <laughs> Alex's voice. Yeah. Um, but it was very cool for that to be spotlighted there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I didn't mean no, to cut but, you off though. No, dude, that's cool. But just kind of you know, just kind of summarize this week, guys. We just have loved seeing the positivity from all of the community and the morale boost from all the devs at three four three. You can see very clearly that the developers uh, are just happy with the response and the feedback. You've seen several of them post Twitter in various places how much this has been a boost to their energy and to finishing the game because of how positive everyone's been. And it's just such a contrast to what we saw last year. Um, and, you know, it, it makes me feel proud of uh, feel proud of us, feel proud of everyone who it, it, who is a part of Sacred Icon, feel proud of everyone who's in the Halo community that was level-headed with their concerns. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm not proud of people who complained because I think complaining can be can be done uh, constructively. Uh, it's me and Josh complain. I mean, you heard me talk about the release date. I mean, come on, you know what I mean. So, but so I'm just proud of I'm proud of all the people that we've seen and heard over the last year um, give their constructive criticism, but be respectful, be fair, and that have been positive. And then now when it comes to a time where it's convenient to be positive because everything looks so great, yeah. that those people who have been positive and constructive where they need to be um, have just been there the whole time. And now they get to they get to revel in the the joy of it being that way everywhere. It's so nice to have the community well on the same page for a while. Josh has mentioned in the past, it's like when we did the episode right around the Shadows of Reach novel, there was like two to three days where the community was just on fire about Shadows of Reach and how mm-hmm. awesome that book was. And then the Shader controversy came out and it all went to crap. You know, so you got to enjoy <laughs> yeah. these moments, these moments right now where everything is, is so positive and exciting, the morale is so high. And I, I think it's just... 
I think it's important to think about guys like the, you know, for what we're doing as fans and what we've seen of this game, it's so little and these people are chugging away, you know, every day at this game behind the scenes. And we don't really, we don't, we think we know that, but we don't really, cause it's like, you know, if, if you pick some random month of the year, like April of, of 2021, and we maybe we we played we just got a new game maybe we just our a better example would have been like Mass Effect in May like you know we're all playing Mass Effect we're doing this we're doing that as we're going through our lives you know we're taking our kids to soccer practice who knows what going to a club they're doing they're working on Halo Infinite you know right. like they they have days of work months of work years of work and for them to finally show off some of this get some appreciation and I can't imagine how hard it was to go and work on this game for the last year after such horrible feedback last year. I know Josh and I have talked to a couple different 343 developers that, you know, they really can't say anything, but it was clear from the way they were talking, the morale was low coming off of the 2020 reveal last year um, just because of the response. So, Josh, I mean, I'll pass it over to you, but just like I'm just really excited for the community right now, but more importantly for 343 and them seeing some fruits of their labor. Dude, absolutely. It is so much fun to talk about Halo again, dude. Like, you know what? And when I say that, there's a lot of people that I'm like, well, it's always been fun to talk about Halo. It's never been fun not to. But consider just where we're at right now. Like Brian said, you spent six years of not just being in a depressive time for Halo fans, coming off a game that wasn't well received, coming off Halo Wars 2, which is a real-time strategy game, which was successful, but it wasn't enough to inject like life into a community that almost felt like it was dying. It was old hat because so much has happened in the industry since 2015. You know, so much has changed, not just Battle Royale stuff and live service games, but everything as a whole has just been completely different now. And... The approach that they're going in with this and coming off how things were last year and now coming full circle to this, there's a sense of general excitement in the air. And you see, like Brian said, you see now the, the, the developers and people working on this game starting to come out of the woodworks more and starting to you know interact and socialize and show off their excitement and express their gratitude at others being excited for them on Twitter. There's a lot more interactions going on. There's a lot more gratitude being thrown their way. People saying how generally excited they are. There's just a lot of positive buzz in the air. People who even have concerns are mostly like, I can get past that. This looks amazing. Everyone seems to be really on board. There's not too many people I've seen that have been negative. And if they are, you know, go build a bridge with Legos and get over it. Like, I don't know what to tell you because it's so nice to have the positivity. And even then, if you don't like something, you should still be supportive and happy for other people. You know, because like I'm, I, there's still my trepidations and my concerns and stuff about this well, stuff. But dude, I'm so freaking excited to play this shit that I just want to make up my opinions for when I play it. Save everything else for just pure excitement and fueling my hype as we make our way to hopefully holiday 2021. What are you gonna say, Brian? Well, I mean, it just, I just to paint perspective for you guys, like last year, paint a perspective on these you, nuts, Brian. I knew, Josh, you're gonna do that again. I knew it. I knew it you did that last time. I was like, my back tensed up. I'm like. He's going to say these nuts. He's going to say these nuts. Um, I'm never going to be able to say paint this picture or whatever anymore. But uh, let's say in 2020, there was a hero, baby. Oh, shit. Hit me with I can take away the pain. <laughs> and take away the um, uh, Dude. Wow. Just get off these nuts. Jeez. Not <laughs> anyways. Anyways. <laughs> If you were a fan last year who maybe you saw some of the 2020 footage and you looked at it and you went, 
this this uh you know this weapon looks like ass you know this this weapon's trash anyone Lucky whoever made this weapon you should kill yourself if you and then, and then you're someone like that last year and then you're still here a year later and you come back and you go whoa my favorite thing about uh, E3 2021 was the Halo Infinite man the the art design was was insane it looks so good uh, the weapons look so beautiful and you don't realize that a year ago there was a developer reading your comments that saw after all his hard work, you said it was trash, you said that he was worthless, you said that you didn't care if he lived or died, and then he had to labor on for another year making this thing better with that in his mind. And I know that developers, they, they learn how to tune this stuff out, but it still it still sits with you. I know just, just as a content creator, if we hear something super negative about us, it's like, okay, you know, move on from that, but it's like kind of kind of you keep it in your head longer than you do positive comments a lot because it's like it makes you think about like is there some truth to this thing am I a horrible person so this person's laboring on it and then and then and, you know a year later you're praising the same person that you said horrible things to and i think it's just perspective like just because you don't like something or something doesn't look good to you doesn't imply the person did something wrong or was lazy or didn't care um, and also it's just a game, so you shouldn't even be doing this to begin with, but it's just like, it's just all about perspective, man. I just think, uh, I, I don't know. I just think we want to be better whenever we can. You think about every single job, like you guys probably work, or even if you don't work or it's just something you've done in your life, but how many times you felt like you've been, you know, you've, you've worked thankless jobs, you know, or, or just done thankless things that you didn't really ever get a, you know, full appreciation for. And there's a lot of people at 343 that don't even have Twitters, or if they do, maybe they don't even say they, they work at 343, you know, and they're like stealth accounts, so to speak, so they can just maintain their yeah. sort of um, incognito-ness, if you will. But, you know, how much, how little, or uh, yeah, how little they really hear um, about people appreciating what they what they do. And these are people that go to work just like us that have that are stressed about maybe making payments, that are, that are having relationship issues or health issues, depression and anxiety. I mean, any numerous amount of problems that they could be going through. I mean, these are normal people just like us and they don't get appreciation enough. And if you put that out there on social media and you try to say something like that, there's people who say, you know, you're just kiss ups and stuff like that. But it's like, no, I mean, we play these games and we offer opinions like we're, it's like it's free candy. Like we're giving it away, right? We give it away. We were just kiss ups, dude. I wouldn't have bitched about the release date for 30 absolutely. (laughs) But But I mean, like people people just give opinions out like it's nothing and everyone in, in the halo community it's like something new comes out and everyone scrambles and they're like you know just like us even the last episode going off 12 minutes which i'm very proud of by the way brian i, I didn't say this to you before but like it was really fun to take a 12 minute multiplayer video and break it down into like near two hours of content <laughs> right hilarious. but leave it to but, brian but, and people, but we're gonna do that stuff in the community right but then those people just sometimes they don't always get enough appreciation because then you hear the other side of it people the, the shader controversy not even playing it not even playing it the game's not even out it's still a year later yep. not even out and people just freaked like it was going to ruin their whole experience and it, that was ridiculous and super immature and there's a place for constructive criticism and a place for um you know where you can take the trash that is some of those opinions out there so not going to get into that but what i'm trying to say is i'm super happy for 343 right now because you can tell they are so energized this is where they wanted to be last year and they deserve to be here and i could not be more happy for them because i knew i was going to be excited for this game regardless but it is also beautiful to see the game looks visually better. I don't think there is really any validity now to still complain that the graphics mm-hmm. don't look good. Although I know we have had some people say that, and I understand. So hopefully they do kind of do something that kind of reaches your satisfaction level for that. Totally get that. But I'm still really pleased with it because it does seem like a significant upgrade. It seems like they've done a lot in a year's time. Yeah. So overall, 
super happy and I could not be more happy to be a part of Sacred Icon and have the awesome community that we do. All of you, I love you guys so much and it has been so much fun to just see the Discord popping off. If you're not in there, get in there because it is so much fun and everyone is super supportive and this is exactly what the Halo community needs to be in 2021. We have worked so long to get to this point, whether you're someone who's been a fly on the wall or not, but this has been a long drought for Halo, and Chief himself narratively has been in a dark place since Halo 4 and 5. You look at what he's gone through, and now with this weapon and just the, the Discover Hope trailer and everything, everything seems to imply this sense of optimism, and you can feel it in the air right now, and god damn is it does it feel say good? josh i know what you're referring to because we both watched it late nights gaming's recent video was just stellar if you guys Dude. i'm sure you already do watch late night gaming's uh, latest video on halo infinite it was amazing it was badass so so that's good. awesome but I, I just to go off what you're saying josh yeah it just fills my heart with joy scrolling through my twitter mostly what fills my heart with joy the most is seeing 343 developers proud and happy because i feel like for so long they just they mostly have to remain silent or pretend or seemingly pretend to be happy because everyone's complaining, but just to see the genuine joy from them and to see the community also saying, hey, you guys deserve it, you guys earned it, it's a great time. Josh, do you want me to go into the emails and voice clips we got here? Absolutely, man. We got a couple of those. You guys, by the way, um, you know, we kind of asked you guys for those sometimes, but you guys have started to kind of send them in on your own. You guys are welcome to send those in anytime. Voice clips, emails, doesn't matter. We love hearing that stuff. We love reading it off on the show. Please send them in for any episode. If you have any thoughts, even if they don't. You can reg- always send yes. an email in, a voice clip. It doesn't have to be about a particular topic. And yes. our goal is to always play it. There's, uh, We can't guarantee it, but... We like to think there's a 99.9% chance it's going to be played. Absolutely. Here, so. so thank you so much, um, guys. Yeah, Brian, take us onward into this next <laughs> section of the podcast. I'm so excited <laughs> right now. I can't even speak. Um, so the first email we have is from Vesco Filipov. He says, hello, hope you do fine. Josh is like, I do fine every day. No, <laughs> That's um, your words, Brian, but it's true. Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, So, been wondering for some time now, many Halo YouTubers seem to outright neglect and ignore talking about this topic, Mm. Uh, being only obsessed with multiplayer and nothing else. Okay. Hmm. Mm. I mean, I also love the multiplayer, and it is obligatory for 343 to make it good, but I wonder, what do you think about the campaign? My point is that the devs are pretty much neglecting the lore and extended universe. Okay. And I wonder if Halo Infinite will show us some more of that ancient humanity narrative, the flashbacks, the reclaimer climax, but also who is the harbinger according to you? Uh, I personally do think it is the didact who finds a common ground with the banished and uses them as his subordinates since both him and the banished want the UNSC and humanity eliminated. What is your opinion? Let me know. Uh, If you don't mind, I'll go first, Josh, and say, I don't. Okay, so my personal opinion and your opinion is completely valid, uh, Vesco. Um, I I feel like I don't feel like Halo YouTubers or three four three has been neglecting campaign or story. Um, if you're referring to Infinite specifically, I think they're just being tight lipped because the game's not out yet. They've worked hard on it and they don't want to. They don't want to you know go into details that they'd rather have us experience themselves. Um, so as far as three four three is concerned, I think they're keeping that tight to the chest. I mean. I think a lot of people would say for a long time they just haven't talked about Infinite that much in general. Um, with this E3, definitely more multiplayer focused, but I think that's fair after last year being campaign focused. So, yeah, as far as 343 goes, I think they just want to keep that to the chest. I don't think they want to talk about it right now. Some of these questions you have, like um, uh, the humanity, the ancient humanity narrative, uh, Reclaimer, Climax, the Didact coming back, 
Um, these are things that they're probably not going to talk about. This is what we can experience in the game and events following afterward. Uh, as far as Halo YouTubers go, I mean, I guess, it, I don't know, it depends on who you follow. I think right now the general, if you look at Halo YouTubers in general, they're probably mostly talking about multiplayer because that's what's really relevant. Yeah, but we definitely have right seen now. a fair share of YouTubers talk about the story. As far as what I think, uh, my opinion on what's going what's gonna to happen in Infinite, um, I don't... I lean towards the didact will not be in that campaign because I feel like it's a little too non-traditional, and I feel like Halo Infinite's trying to go for traditional. Um, I, I think there's going to be a satisfying conclusion, hopefully, to the situation with Cortana. I think we're going to get to explore Chief's uh, emotions and mentality dealing with this kind of a copy of Cortana. Hopefully, it's more optimistic, like Josh says. I think it's going to be a great story because I, I think they've labored hard over it. Um, I don't know who the Harbinger is. I can see why you think it's the Didact. I've said that before in the past, I think. Um, but I don't know. It's hard to say, man. They're, they're leaving a lot of mystery there, and I like it. Josh, That's I said a lot. but No, you're good. You I pretty much agree because, I mean, you're more the lore guy between us. But I pretty much agree. You know, I I mean, look, I, I don't feel the same way, but I also understand because right now this has been more focused on multiplayer. And I think even the coverage has, like Brian said, because... You're looking at like more closer to like 15 minutes ish of like multiplayer stuff we've got this E3 compared to like two minutes of campaign stuff. But, you know, from I don't know, from my perspective, it, I guess it's all about perspective, because from where I'm sitting, most of the time it could be just being in the community. It could just be um, uh, where I'm at on Twitter and stuff like that. I'm sure in different parts, you know, in sex of the Internet, you'll find. Um, different perspectives but for me my viewpoint is most people care more about the campaign and that's that's tough because i really love the campaign and i love what's there but i'm not as lore heavy as a lot of people so i don't um i feel more of a fly as a fly on the wall i don't feel like i get to participate as much in those conversations because i'm more listening with the intention to hear rather than reply so uh, i'm learning more than i am actually participating whereas when it's multiplayer i have a lot more to say i feel like i have i can I, i'm a bit more knowledgeable um, so there's learning and then there's also like educating, you know, and I get both of those and with multiplayer, you know, at least with recording, most of our content has been more narrative based, lore based, stuff like that. And that's been awesome. I've learned so much through that, especially with the retrospective stuff we got to do with Alex. But that being said, I'm really happy they're talking about the multiplayer now because I want to know as little about the campaign as possible. Um, the multiplayer, I feel even though I don't want to know so like a ton about that. Uh, it's nice to know some of it going into this flighting and stuff like that. And I think they are going to focus on that. And maybe I, I look for them to really only ration out what they do of, of campaign stuff through more marketing. I don't really look for them to show much more of that because that's all we've got over the past couple of years now is just campaign focused stuff and teases. And I think they're at a point enough where they've solidified the sort of sizzle. You know, you've got enough of a broad spectrum idea of what this game, what the story is going to entail, at least kicking off, you know. And if you read the cannon fodders, you know the other things like, you know, Atriox is underling, uh, Atriox is underlings, and all that type of stuff. So, um, just like you know, Esherim and everyone sort of beneath him, and that kind of family tree, if you will. So, I, I think there's, I think we're going to get plenty of lore stuff. But as for the, like, I think what was it, ancient humans and stuff like that, he was talking yeah. about. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Brian's right on that. I could be wrong, but I think Brian's right because a lot of that does feel non-traditional, and I think they're trying to go for it. But I'm sure there'll be a way they'll do it. You got to think there still might be terminals in there or something to that effect. Intel, like Halo Five had. I'm sure. I'm, I just 
I know 343, they're trying to do as, as best a job they can, and they can't please everybody, and they say that almost every time now because they're aware, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure they're going to deliver and, and try their best to answer those questions, and what they can't, there's going to be books to help tie in with this, I'm sure. Yeah, so the one thing I, I actually don't, I don't think I disagree with you, or I don't agree with you on Josh is, uh, I think for the Halo community, like the vocal ones, the ones that are on Twitter like us, and Halo Waypoint and all that stuff, I think you're completely right, the campaign does matter more to them. But I think the multiplayer is far more popular worldwide as far as oh, statistics. Oh, no, I would completely agree with like, that. It's just, it's just no, we're commu- in agreement. Okay. okay, yeah, just the community itself, you're right. It's like very, very Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like from my focus, perspective, but, just seeing people within the community yeah. and stuff, whether it's Sacred Icon or like, you know, the more the, the other influencers and stuff out there, I see more campaign focus for sure. I do see But in general, multiplayer, multiplayer is much bigger. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, you ready for our next email? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for sending that in. That was uh, food for thought. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, this is from our buddy Corey Hanks. Goes by Blaster. Corey. He says, hi, dudes. Uh, hey, dudes. What up, dude? There's, there's two topics I'd like to hear your thoughts, if any, regarding. Uh, so I'll go. I'll give us the first one, and we'll talk about it, and then I'll go to the second sure, one. Sure. Sounds good. Uh, he says, first one, uh, we have yet to see a planet or moon in any skybox. It's expressly detailed that all the rings in the Halo array were strategically placed between a gas giant and moon by the Forerunners. My conspiracy theory is that after Cortana took control of Zeta Halo, she moved, teleported it to a location closer to Earth. This is essentially how the humans actually find Zeta Halo, and possibly the Banished as well, leading to a clash on the ring that will set up the campaign for Infinite. That's pretty dope. I like that theory a lot. I think there's a lot of possibility that Cortana took control and moved a Halo ring, especially the legendary ending of Halo 5. You see her more or less take control of a Halo ring, Mm -hmm. so I could definitely see her moving it. As far as there not being a planet or moon in in the skybox, I guess I don't really know why that would be, Josh. Do you? I don't... I don't I mean, know. He Again, says, I you know, in the lore, yeah. Go ahead. In the lore, it says there should be a gas giant and and moon. I'm sure there. they consider that. There's got to be. They got to be very tactical with the way they're doing stuff. I'm sure there's stuff like that there. If there isn't, that seems weird. And hopefully, it's there either, would be an, an in story reason as to why, like you were saying, Brian. But like, I wouldn't think they yeah, would just completely forget said, that. It's either what he said with the theory of like the ring's been moved, yeah. or maybe just from the shots we've seen, we haven't seen that in the skybox. Right, that's but what it I'm there. The optimist in me is saying the latter. Yeah. yeah. Um, second thing he said is, with Forza Horizon 5, another big first-party Xbox game showcasing the power of the Xbox Series X hardware getting announced with a release date of November 9th, just six days before the 20th anniversary everyone has sort of been expecting to be the date for Halo Infinite's release, I think Microsoft is, is hedging its bets in case Halo has to be pushed into December or next year. I'm sure we agree that a delayed game would be preferable to a broken or unpolished game, but is the lack of a specific date concerning for you guys regarding the actual state of the game? Why or why not? Thanks, fellas, and keep it sacred. I'll let you go first, Josh. I would say no, it's not concerning for me simply because coming off last year, which was a huge blow to them and to us, I think it's more so they're waiting to see what the reception is coming off this. So I would have to imagine they're probably having internal meetings, talking about the overall reception, how they're feeling as a studio, almost like a check-in type thing, and seeing where they want to take that forward going off the feedback they have. And then especially with moving into flighting and stuff like that, I honestly look for them. Um, if the, you would think they're going to have a release date soon, but I think um, I think it was mentioned in that, uh, that Cannon Fodder article, but they're moving for uh, flighting later this summer. So, I mean, it's got to be like, August at the latest, I would think that we're going to be able to get into that and get our hands on it. 
And I would, I just, I look for them to really just, they're waiting to see. I think they're honestly really trying to be cautious as possible because they did commit last year to a release date. Everything changed for the worse. And then now we're at a point where either Phil or someone in 343 is literally saying like, we're going to release this game when it's ready. Whatever it costs us to make that happen, to make sure this release is in a non-broken state and it's actually fun to play for players. We're going to do that, and we're going to wait however long we have to. Because, have you seen Cyberpunk? You know, so I think yeah. I think they're really looking at that. I think everyone is. Cyberpunk changed the industry, and we're living in that uh, that change right now. It was the example. <laughs> Somebody had to take the fall, and it was them. It sucks that Cyberpunk 2077 is going to go down as a historic event in the gaming industry in the worst way imaginable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but in the I mean, best way wrong. possible for everyone else. You're yeah. not wrong, dude. No, um, I didn't yeah, need to I think... give a long answer there, but yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think it is going to come out this year. That's where I stand. Um, I just I think Josh is mostly right with just they wanted to see what the reception of it was first and not lock themselves into a date. This way they can say it's holiday and it will come out this year, but they can be a little lenient with it. Um, you make a good point about Forza being on the ninth. I think because of that, we're not. I don't think we would get Halo Infinite. You know, just a week later, um, when it's another major first party title released by Microsoft. Um, so my guess would be it would be late November or I I would I normally would always say there's no way a game would release in December because you don't want to miss your Black Friday window. So I would lean towards not being December. But I could see Halo being a special case, Halo Infinite with everything that's gone on and COVID, maybe it would be December. But I, I think it's gonna come this year. Uh, another another statement I think I'll make is I think we're gonna get flighting for Halo Infinite in July, and I think early. I think the first half of July. I don't nice. think it's August. I think it's coming. I'm saying at the latest. Sooner. I would think August. I can't imagine they yeah. go any later than that. But I think most people have said August. But I think it's going to happen sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been warning us to sign up for the Insider thing for like two months yeah. now. By the way, and then they just <laughs> sent an email out literally yesterday yep. to people saying to sign up, and then they posted on Twitter to sign up. I think it's coming very soon. I don't think it was ready for E3, but I think it's going to be here sooner than you know so be honest um, Brian if, you, yeah, if it so, does release December do you do you reckon it's going to le- release first half of December or last half the late half uh, I think it'd be very early December very I, think early. It'd be I could see that early, too if it does early enough to avoid the the festivities of the holiday Get it before Christmas sure for sure yeah yeah we're talking like I'm talking like a December I don't I haven't looked at the day yet I don't know if it's a Tuesday but I'm, I'm talking like a December 3rd release mm. or something like that gotcha um, so yeah I think that could be the case all right Josh you ready for a voice clip from my buddy yeah Dan? thank you so much Black that was great. Appreciate the questions too. Hey, Brian and Josh, Sacred Icon crew. It's Rodan. Just wanted to share what a few up, thoughts dude? with you guys about something that's on my mind. Yeah. Uh, my most anticipated feature of Halo Infinite right now, which is the personal AIs. That's so um, cool. I know I keep bringing it up in the Discord, but Brian, the day before E3, you asked everybody, what is the one thing that you'd love to see in Infinite, but you're 100% sure that you won't see or it won't be in the game? And I said, the personal AIs. That's so cool. <laughs> and then the very next day, a couple of minutes into the presentation, boom, there they are. There's a little Lumu AI capturing a King of the Hill point or something. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It's something that I've been thinking about for a long time. I know I'm not the first person that's ever thought of it, but I think I made a, a Bungie forum post like a decade ago saying, oh, man, I really wish that uh, AIs like Cortana were in multiplayer. And ever since then, it's just been rattling around in my brain as something that the series could go to to, to evolve. Um, Hell yeah. So I really want to hype that up for you guys. <laughs> I know you were kind of, you know, not not super excited about it or a little... Uh, now that I know more, I like it. I'm not sure if it would 
maybe distract from the multiplayer, uh, but I'm really excited that 343 confirmed that Jeff Steitzer is returning. Absolutely. He is not getting replaced. These are just supplemental, uh, which is how I always kind of envisioned them. So if you um, are running around, you get that Halo 5-esque Spartan chatter uh, saying like, oh, hey, we only need five more points or, Mm -hmm. you know, cool headshot or whatever. And it's coming to you in the personality of whatever you choose. So hopefully they give us a lot of different options to choose from. Um, I think that'd be great. Uh, you know, maybe you could have a Cortana AI or maybe you have like a Sergeant Johnson AI. Um, yeah. 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 Who knows? Uh, they could, they could, the sky's the limit, really. They could do all sorts of different things. So I'm really excited for that. I hope you guys are too. Um, and then one thing I would love to see is a game type where your AIs are more than just an audio-visual component. Maybe you use them to uh, influence the environment, uh, kind of like Halo 4's Dominion mode, which in my mind was super underrated. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but you could put up shields at your base and, and make turrets. But I think it'd be really cool to be able to use your AI to make defenses for your base or go that into your enemy's cool. base. Yeah. If you fight your way across the map and you can insert your AI chip into their base, you can lower their shields um, or maybe scramble their radar or uh, drain their health, mm-hmm. things like that. I think it'd be really cool. And again, this would be in a separate game type. So if this sounds awful to you, uh, you would never no, have I get, to play it. I get what you're that's saying. That's fine. Yeah. I'll be playing we it. Appreciate if, if you. Yeah, we appreciate uh, you, Rodan. <laughs> um, We're just fans. But yeah, I just wanted to uh, leave you guys with the question. If you could have any Halo personality in, in the universe um, to be your new AI, who would it be? Palmer. Maybe Cortana or 343 Guilty <laughs> Spark mm. uh, or The Weapon. Um, maybe Roland? Uh, no, no definitely not Roland. No. <laughs> not rolling. Yeah, let me know what you guys think. <laughs> Keep it sacred. Thanks, oh, thanks buddy. so much, Rodan. Oh man. Um, well, I'm excited for the personal AIs as well. I haven't played much Dominion, so I can't really comment on that. But uh, I think the personal AIs are going to be fun, and I think 343 knows to keep them being non-invasive. You know, Josh has a few concerns about it, but I think he, I think you're in the same boat, Josh, where you're like, I think it's going to be fine as long as they keep it non-invasive. But if they are, then that could be an issue. But I think they they know that. Uh, go ahead, Josh. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I just didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, looking back even uh, with our sort of uh, reactions that day that everything was coming out, just the last couple episodes, really, uh, so many of my opinions have changed into a more positive outlook. I mean, I still have concerns, but I would have it with any Halo game. So it's not. It's less to do with more the direction they're going and just more like so much, so much of this stuff is new, but the new stuff is preferable and I, I, it excites me because it's different than what I'm used to and that's good to move things forward. So I'm really excited for that. And I, I do, I have really come around to the AI stuff, especially now uh, learning that it's more the, the, on the dumb side of things, if that makes sense. And then also uh, not, it's not going to be super influential um, in the actual matches. It's going to be more feedback and everything. And I think that's cool. And I think that's awesome for lore reasons for every player to really feel like their own Master Chief. Not just a Spartan, but their own Master Chief that has their own AI chip kind of in the back of their brain. Even though it's not the same as Cortana, it's not smart AI, but it's still something. And it's not really something we've ever had before. I think that's awesome. And I'm really excited for people. I love that people are excited for this. And I think it's going to mean a lot of fun. Especially if you're someone playing by yourself, you know, and you're going online and you got this this AI talking to you a lot. I think it's going to help you feel a little bit less alone. And I, I love that. To answer his question, 
the the number one AI voice I want, which is a pipe dream, it'll probably never happen, is I want Michael Wincott, who voiced the Prophet of Truth in Halo Two. That'd be, to be amazing. My AI voice. You know, the the most iconic lines you can can imagine from Halo Two, a lot of them came from Michael Wincott's uh Prophet of Truth, you know. Uh, long have you led your fleet with honor. All that stuff is just yeah. ooh. If he was, if he was like, your flag has been captured. I'd be like, oh, I'm saying geez, like, you know, even though it wouldn't be like super like lore accurate, it'd be nice. That's a great chance to really put in some celebrity voices yeah. in there and like really even if make it's that just the, fun. the Michael Wincott like pack. You know, like yeah. it doesn't even have to be problem. Michael truth, Wincott like, this is, pack. Yeah, right. Every like, time I hear his name, I think of fucking Michael Winslow. <laughs> I think it was Michael Winslow, but it's Winslow from Family yeah. Matters. Jesus. Who's your number one choice, Josh? Is it Palmer? Okay, Rudy? no, it, no, no, no. Okay, Palmer, Palmer. In all honesty, love her character, but I don't like the way she talks down to people. Uh, although, although I like it with Chief, you know, I'm like. But you haven't seen Halo Infinite reinvented, me. uplifting Palmer. Ooh, give me it's that coming. Palmer. She's got long Wolf hair. Palmer. It seems like our time together has really changed her for the better and really helped open her up to more positive <laughs> avenues. So that's good. I definitely want to see that. No, I don't know. Off the top of my head, it would be really cool to see Lord Hood voice, uh, to, mm, to see a Ron Lord Perlman. Hood voice. Because, um, you know, I really miss his presence in the Halo games and just Ron Perlman. I just love his voice overall. So it would be really cool to kind of hear him, especially if you're someone who's like really wanting to take this like tactically, you know, and really get into like the lore aspects of it. And you have Lord Hood in your ear really telling you stuff like, good job, Spartan, you know, and it's like, ah! Lord Hood said I did what a if, good job. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna put that on the fridge. That would be dope. That. What if it was a uh, a a Joe Staten specific grunt in your head? Oh, perfect. You know that's gonna be, be a amazing. temporary thing, but I'll go with that for a while because I'll love it yeah. so much. But yeah, no, I, I think um, I think it'd be great. Um, just so many possibilities right there. Just even asking it. But dude, thank you so much for sending that in, man. Great question, Rodan. Uh, right, this is from. Uh, ugh, I want to make sure I say his name right because he goes by it's Cameron eighty eight from the Lieutenant Cameron yeah. eighty eight from the Discord. All right, Hello let's there. play that here. Here we go, and... Hello, Sacred Icon. Cameron-088 here, and today I am just... Oh, go- shit! What's going on? Someone's in... Woo! <laughs> Sorry about that. Now, as I was saying, you are asking a question about how this week went for Halo Infinite and E3 as well as the cannon fodder. And I'm going to tell you, I think they did really, really well. The whole cannon fodder was a really good way to go more in depth on what they showed us on Monday with that whole multiplayer overview. And E3 itself was just phenomenal. Now, you guys talked more about E3 and all the other stuff in your most recent podcast, so I'm going to discuss more about the cannon fodder. I loved it. Me too. I'm a little disappointed that only the skewer for the banished was really the only banished weapon that got covered, but I can deal with that as (laughs) the spiker or other weapons may return, but act very similar to how they did in previous entries. The next thing that I'll say is I loved the armor shown. Even though Soldier and, of course, Aviator were all Gen 2 platforms, I'm still okay with seeing their new redesigns. We've already seen Anubis, so it's nice to see this. And that new helmet. I can't pronounce it off the top of my head, but that looks so good. With that purple visor. Oh, I cannot wait to have that. Now, it all looks so good. I was more happy oh, yeah. looking at the in the review, the overview, sorry, 
more in depth because I saw like two Mark Fives in there. And like I said, when I sent him my first voice clip ever, Mark Five Gang, I am not disappointed. There was pretty much, it looked like two Mark Fives. There's the Reach slash three styled Mark V, and then there's that new weird looking Mark V that kind of reminds me of the it the Alpha from Halo Five Guardians, which I don't really like. Now, seeing that new armor customization actually brought a good idea for me. Can you actually make a Spartan with all prosthetic limbs, prosthetic arms, and legs? I think that'd Maybe. be cool. I could be pretty. Now, yeah. one thing I do want to bring up that I am concerned about, this mm-hmm. isn't related to the whole Wednesday thing, but I actually thought about it recently, and that is Infection in Infinite. I recently bought one of these Halo Mega Constructs helmet sets with, like, the two figures each, and I got the Infection one, and it got me thinking, how's Infection going to be in Halo Infinite? And since we already know red versus blue is dropped, does that mean forced colors like infection are going to be dropped? If so, I really hope they do something like Halo 2 Anniversary, where the infected has like the flood coming out of him on the helmet. Or like Halo 5, where they have the little mist or spore cloud, if you want to call it that, following them with a green energy sword. But no, other than that, I am really excited for infinite and i love their whole new battle pass feature i know that was in the article but very like, well done i love it so so much it is Me probably too. one of my favorite things so yeah oh, here we go look out cameron <laughs> got one more thing to deal with. <laughs> All right. So that being said, I gotta go back to fighting the banished and, of course, helping out on the conflict on Zeta Halo. Amazing. And Josh, I will say hi for Palmer T. From Palmer. <laughs> he appreciates that. Being that. Said, yeah. Spartan Dash zero eighty eight signing out. Oh man, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> Great. I'm actually surprised at how much uh, people are a little worried about the red versus blue thing. I think immediately I was just like, "Yeah, this is cool customization," um, but but I know Josh shares that concern of of how they'll work with colors, especially like infection, where if you became infected, you would you would change to a different color. I think it's going to be really fun to play at launch because it's new. Same with the flighting. But I honestly look in terms of legacy for Halo Infinite. I look for that to be a problem. I do. So, you know, it's like like if you look at Halo 4's legacy, guys, just to paint a picture of like how it started out. I'm sure a lot of that stuff initially seemed cool that they were showing off in the Vidox and stuff. But ultimately, you look at what's there. And there are there are a lot of people that love Halo Halo's 4 multiplayer. But I'm, I'm not trying to dis, dis saying, uh I don't know. I don't know the word for it. I'm not trying to uh, make Usually people you say poo-poo feel, on it. I'm not trying to poo-poo on it. Thank you, Brian, for helping me yeah. right there. But, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to poo-poo on that, but at the same time, um, you look at the legacy of that, and so much was changed, and then with 5, it was like, we are not doing that at all, going in a completely different direction. And uh, I, I look for this to be a bit more controversial in terms of legacy, in terms of lasting effect. But saying that, I haven't even played the damn game. I need to play it first and really get my yeah. opinions. But I, I think it's going to be fine. It's just new. But it is that is a huge change. Because that's the first. That's a, a first for for Halo. Yeah, and first I know time that it's twenty years. It's to facilitate the battle pass system, which I like because that's going to help bring more players in. And again, it's I'm like all an industry for, standard. Yeah, I'm yeah. all for that. So I understand them doing that. Um, and it's alien, so it's scary. It's new, but 
Um, I'm sure it'll be all right once we get our hands on it. It's yeah. some things you can really get a good get a good gauge on in life as to whether or not you're going to like if it's a food. You can look at a food sometimes and know right away you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. Other things you don't really know until you actually really experience it. You know. So yeah, it might it might be something we get playing and we don't even we kind of forget that it's not red versus blue. Yeah, and that's what I'm yeah. hoping for. That's it's yeah. well said, Brian. I'm really thinking that's what's going to happen. Uh, thank you so much for that, dude. I really appreciate that that clip with the extra theatrics. Absolutely. There. <laughs> hey, I'm excited for the battle pass too, buddy, because you know I, I love that. That's essentially you. The DNA is there in MCC right now, right? So I'm happy that's a thing because you can see where they kind of got that. The inception yeah. of it is. But I'm not really, I don't really get as much out of the MCC type stuff. And I think it's only because for me, I'm like, this is awesome they're doing this because it's keeping these old games afloat, which is what I wanted when I got MCC. But, you know, in 2021, I'm, I'm really excited to really commit fully more into um, Infinite. So I'm, I'm, I'm more excited to see that play out in Infinite than I am just having it there in MCC. But I'm glad it's there. And I like that they're borrowing off of that because it's it's been very successful for them and people love it and i i don't blame them i couldn't be happier for that plus it's never going to expire dude i hope yeah. that's an industry standard going forward the that's success of this game yeah 100 percent agree 100 yep. percent agree um josh there's a moment in halo infinite where chief has to go to lasky's private quarters and he walks in on lasky practicing his twerk and he and chief's reaction is an iconic one-liner that is remembered forever Hit me up with the sound of the iconic one-liner of Chief when he witnesses Lasky practicing his twerk. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Like, I, short and simple. Okay, yeah. This is. What's your favorite one-liner from Chief? Oh, remember when he walked in on Lasky practicing his twerk? Nice. <laughs> I need a weapon. Just no, supportive, it's, you know. It's like it's behind closed doors. It's yeah, like Chief like, can you know let his guard down and be like, "You've been you know through what? some hard times. You go ahead and just keep practicing your twerk." Yeah, dude. Lasky. You know what? That's. I mean, it's nice you're doing that. You're twerking instead of instead of like teabagging. Because let me show you. Let me show you what happens with my knees when I do this. And he fucking he goes down way low. Spreads mm. the legs wide, and he just goes down way low. And you hear the crack. This is on pop. Mm. And then like, my one liner would have been. Damn. You you good, man? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just old as shit. I've been doing this shit for a long time. I've been in this war for a long time. Since before you were born, I'm getting too old for this shit. So, but then he's like, you know, I'm going to try this twerking thing out. And then that becomes the new thing because of the butt physics. And then everyone's like, the oh, butt let's get cat. Let's get cat back so we can get the butt physics. And it's like, then we have like the, just calm down. The- Calm down. The the Lasky dead ass memes that'll come out. You know? <laughs> but no, I think the one liner that I would have Chief give is uh um he come in he goes yeah he go yeah less work more twerk <laughs> less work more you twerk. Had that one that's plan. One <laughs> that's well, cool. I thought of it actually after you said yours. Oh, uh, yeah. No, okay, Josh, are you ready for our final clip from our Hell boy? Yeah. Pray on you. Pray on you. I love you. Here we go. You. We're gonna hear it. What's up, Brian and Josh? It's Priyanshu back at you. Kilimanjaro for the Greater Sacred Icon community. Um, and yeah, I just thought I'd send this voice clip in to go over how I'm feeling. Um, so, first off, holy shit, what a damn good week. Man, the energy of this whole game has just changed. The whole pace, everything has just changed. And the positivity, uh, great vibes within our own community have been enhanced but it feels like it's finally outpoured into like the rest of the halo community and it just feels like magic and i said that to you guys earlier this week and you know 
I know for me personally, I set that really low expectation of, you know, I didn't want to feel like the laughing stock of the gaming industry once we were done. And if that's what my expectation was, I'm I'm on like cloud nine right now, right? So I'm I'm so excited. And, um, second, I'm just so excited from what I've seen and like you know the campaign story looks so good, the graphics look great multiplayer looks like you know we're all going to be playing it together for years and years and really i can just go on for hours talking about how much i've loved what i've seen but again i'd be repeating a lot of what y'all have said and what other content creators have said so i'll just leave it at that and i'm just happy and the things i can complain about uh, are just a little nitpicks really and i will mostly learn about what I don't like and don't like when I play the game. Like, I won't know how this outline system will work for Red and Blue, and I won't know how the different systems and weapons will feel like until I play it. So there's no reason for me to really be worried about it right now. Really, the only problem for me was that, like, why wasn't this multiplayer overview part of the show? And I feel like it had something to do with how much time Microsoft rented from the E3 organizers. Because, like... I don't know, five minutes on Halo total and like seven to ten minutes on Forza, even though Forza looks incredible, was like, man, if they put this together and it was just a 17 minute segment on Halo, it would have just destroyed all of E3. Like, it would have been the game that everyone will, will want immediately. And I just felt like a little bit of a misstep where it was like, maybe they wanted to space out content, but really the amount that they posted the next day like it wouldn't have mattered one day it would have people would still be talking about it all the way to today that's all um and i guess the third thing would be just like you know i know how frustrated everyone here including myself is i'm like a lack of a release date but for me i'm i'm still very confident that this game is going to release this year you know summer is just starting it's june right now it's not even summer technically three four days away and there's still so many game conferences left, you know, Gamescom, Comic-Con, PAX, and those are all huge, like, they're almost rivaling E3 IMO. Um, and I'm sure Microsoft will have a presence there, and we're going to learn more and more about Infinite each time those go along, and I think they're going to continue inside Infinite, so we're going to keep the news flowing, you know? And, you know, the way that they showed the multiplayer and the campaign at the end where it was kind of like tiles where they're adding things i feel like they're just going to keep adding more and more tiles of like forge and like custom games or if they're finally working on a huge mode they'll add that on like as like a new tile to add kind of like how the micro uh mcc was just the lights were coming on for each game when they were adding it to pc so i feel like that's kind of how they like to advertise and it works it clearly does work because mcc seems to be kind of like something they're really drawing heavily from in terms of how to, you know, treat your um, community and how to do post-release stuff and how to advertise stuff, and it seems to have worked for them. For me, I think the thing that's going to change everything is that I'm sure Xbox is going to have a 2020, like 20 years of Halo or 20 years of Microsoft event, and that's going to be like, where have we gone in the last 20 years? What is coming next? And I think... 
343 have just decided that that is where they're going to announce the event. I don't know when it's going to be. This is just complete, like, bullshit speculation, so I could be wrong as hell, but I think that there's going to be an event like that. Like, I feel like Microsoft has finally reached a place where they're, like, ready to just keep showing stuff and showing stuff and kind of have, like, deep dives into things, you know? And I think that that's a place where they can really be, like infinite like the overview of overviews of everything and w the release date will just be that cherry on top kind of thing and if there's a special edition console that's coming with the game like that would just fucking melt my brain because i i wasn't thinking of buying the new consoles but if there's a special edition halo i will i will murder ma a man to get me that or like just spend it too much money on that stuff you know Worst comes to worst, like, you know, if it's delayed a little bit further, it, it'll suck, and, you know, we'd have to wait, and, you know, if it comes, it will come, and we can already see what one year delay did to how good the game looks, and how good the game seems to feel and play, like, it could only get better if it's delayed more. For me, like, that's what separates this game from Cyberpunk 2077. Sorry, Joshy, don't want to bring that up too much, but... Cyberpunk, whenever it showed itself, it was always showing that it was, like, the greatest game to ever come to a screen. So much was happening. It was always so detailed. Everything they released was so, so polished to, like, the utmost that it was, like, set that expectation of, like, this is gonna, this game is gonna melt your mind. Like, when everyone saw the open hub world and how many people were there, everyone was like, this is the game. This is CB Cyberpunk, like, CD Projekt Red, they know what they're doing, and this is, they've, they've somehow figured out game systems that they can pull this shit, you know? And clearly that expectation wasn't met, especially on, like, older consoles, but, like, you know, it, it was what they showed, and this is what they got, because they were clearly hiding something. Like, Infinite had that humbling moment when they were showing the game off, and you can tell the team could take the time to, like, take the criticism, just take a deep breath and just get to work, and just stabilize even after, like, Chris Lee left and stuff, you can tell that the game was everyone took a breath, and it looked like they knew they had something special, they just needed to polish it on it a bit more, you know and, you know, sometimes you can say you're l they're lucky they got the delay, a lot of places are no, you gotta push a game out, you gotta get it through publisher will just be like, no, fucking let's get this done, and Honestly, luck is just such a part of life that, you know, sometimes you just need luck to make something great. So yeah, this is all I really wanted to say. I know, like, as always, I go way over time. And thank you for having me and, you know, letting me talk here. Because I get on my little soapbox and I can just go off, right? So, um, and once again, I, I think I speak for everyone here in our community when I say that, like, thank you guys and thank you too for being for just keeping up to date with everything and pumping out like a li literal tidal wave of content i don't think anybody's put out like 12 and a half hours of content over this entire thing so uh, like i've just had so much fun listening to everything and just enjoying what y'all are putting out our community is only as good as it is because of the outpouring of like work and love support positivity and you two put into this and with us and with the general community through Twitter on a literal daily basis. So I really hope you guys are as proud as I am of yourselves because y'all made something really special here and I think it's only going to get better. And I mean, I'd added these nuts joke right now, but what I just said is kind of wholesome and I don't want to ruin that, so I guess I'll just say
keep it sacred. Pray, my dude. Pray. Uh, so much love for you, man. Uh, we didn't react in the moment because we just had a quick hiccup with our recording software. But, dude, so much to say about that. Um, first off, man, you may, you pointed out something I didn't even consider. And that's the, the you know press conference itself, the showcase. And, like, they didn't really give too much time for Halo. That's what was the strangest thing to me was that Halo was in this weird slot of being, like, in the middle. And I think Brian said it best where it was, like, or somebody said it at least. I think it was Brian, but somebody said that, like that kind of show them doing that almost kind of showed that like they're confident at this point now, where they don't really need for Halo to be the way they close out the show or the open the show. It's like they're confident that Halo is not just Xbox; it's just a part of Xbox because now they have so much there to round it out. And I think that's what that showcase showed for a lot of people. But yeah, I would have liked the deep dive right there. Like, let's go into it, save it for the end of the show, and then say, hey, flighting's coming soon or something. But we didn't get a release date. We didn't get a release date for flighting either. So, um, yeah. But, dude, oh, my God. The D's nuts the part was hilarious. Uh, you saying you're going to kill a man well, for a limited edition console? Whatever. That's hilarious. I'm kind of with Brian. I don't think we're going to get one just because of the the manufacturing shortage. But, dude, I mean, oh, my gosh. I would love that they did, if they did that. I'm hoping that they can at least do controllers because I would love to get an Halo Infinite limited edition controller. But uh, I, before I ramble too much more, I'm going to switch it over to my dude, Brian. Uh, well, I just want to start by saying, uh, pray, dude, I cannot thank you enough for the kind things you said about Sacred Icon, about me and Josh, about yeah, the dude. community a- as a whole. Um, dude, like, we can't say it enough that those words actually help us so much. They're, they're, the monetary value of those kind words is like hundreds and maybe thousands of dollars. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it gives us so much energy to keep going. And, you know, we, you know, we always have behind the scenes stuff that happens that can can hurt our morale or make us feel like we're not doing good enough. Um, so I just really appreciate you saying that. It feels so great. Uh, I'm glad you enjoy what we do. I'm glad you like being here, dude. We love uh, that we've got to meet you and, and have a friendship with you and your your awesome part yeah, of the community. Um, I just I seriously just can't thank you enough. I was I was smiling. I was cheesing so much in the moment when you were saying that, and it really sucks to me. And Josh couldn't react to you as we played the clip because, like Josh said, we were having some issues with the software. Um, but we're here now. Another thing I want to say, pray, is that. You actually said something that I have been thinking for or since since the E3 uh, twenty the Microsoft E3 press conference. I've been thinking it, but I don't think I've ever once said it anywhere. I truly, truly believe there is going to be a fancy um, Microsoft twenty years of Xbox either event or video or marketing campaign that is going to have Halo as a big part of it. And I think when that happens, that will be when we get the release date because even if even if Halo Infinite doesn't come out on November fifteenth, the twentieth year anniversary, when they do that twenty years of Xbox kind of celebration, that's when we're going to throw it out there. It's going to be a celebratory thing. It's going to make it special. I agree with you on that. I, I really do think that's going to happen. Um, I also point. agree with you about the the community. It's so amazing to see where it's at right now. The the developers, all the happiness, the positivity, the morale. This so is what we wanted it to be. Um, it's the you know when we we took your clip before the E three show. Luckily, what happened was exactly the opposite of your worst fears. It wasn't a bad show. It wasn't people making a joke of a series in the game that we love. It was. People coming out of the woodwork, people coming off the side that you didn't even hear from in, in, in decades going, 
whoa, shit, uh, I think I like Halo again. I think yeah, I want to play Yeah, dude, Marcus Leto had that tweet and talking about how, like, dude, he yeah, thinks this dude. may be the best-looking Halo game ever made, and it's like, yes. that's such huge praise. Yes, He's so hype. excited for it. It's so cool. The hype was very real. The people were coming out of nowhere going, okay, you know what? I think I'm interested. I think I want to play Halo. So, dude, you touched on so many great things. Uh, we just, we love having you, man. We're so thankful for what you said about Sacred Icon. Oh, my gosh. You were totally dead on about the, I like what you said about the tiles and like them doing a tile yeah, for dude. the campaign and a point. tile for the multiplayer. I'm not sure if they'll do a tile for like Forge specifically or, or theater custom type stuff. But if they did, that'd be pretty neat. I know they're going to you know, have to talk about that eventually. But dude, everything you said was straight fire. We'd love your voice. Uh, so glad to get a clip from you. I think that's pretty much all I have to say on that. Yeah, talk, the last thing I'll I say just, is just to yeah. add on to that, dude. Thank you so much for everything you said. And like Brian said, you know, those words are so nourishing to us just in general. But, uh, you know, there's there's days we have down days and, and whatnot. And, and just, just means so much, man. That, that makes me feel so good. That makes Brian feel so good. You are such an important part of the community, and you have been there. Like, I remember you coming in and being a name right away as someone I recognized because you were just so actively in there in the Discord yeah. and supportive through the Patreon and everything like that. And you just established yourself right away by being such a friendly person, so sociable, so respective of other people's opinions and stuff. And man, I just I can't find a single bad thing to say about you, dude. I love you. Yeah, so Josh much, was talking man. to me on the phone the other, another day, and he was like, "You know, I know everybody has flaws, but it, I, so far I can't tell that Prey has any." I was like, <laughs> yeah. "I was like, yeah, dude, I hear you, dude. Like, he's just freaking awesome." Uh, but it means um, so much, man. And because yeah, Brian and I love doing this stuff. This is so much fun. It's it's like as exhausting as it can be, like doing like almost five hours in a row in one sitting, our ass cheeks were so sore. <laughs> but it was so freaking fun, dude. And I'm telling you, yeah. like, we look back on even last year's when we covered the Calm Before the Storm then and we did the, the the reveal stuff. It was so fun. And, you know, we still have those moments where Brian and I talk about, like, what's been some of your favorite moments where we've gotten to do together? And, like, when we covered that, we feel like we covered it so well. And it was just fun to do and you could feel everyone excited. And it feels like that again. And I think that's the thing, too, is you look on social media and you see people out there who are like, like m people are so excited. I feel like even the people who used to be negative are so excited now. And then also the people who are still somehow negative, everyone else is like, Sh sh shut up, sh yeah, shut up. Like, you know, like, no, 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 we're not stop. You know, like, that's fine. Let me know how that goes being unhappy about this. I'm going to go be excited. It's fun to be excited again about Halo. Just the common euphoria that is out there is unreal. You can feel it. You can touch it and you can hold on to it. What an amazing time. Uh, and pray, thank you. Uh, you were helping make this an experience because it's not just about being excited for Halo again. It's having a family to be excited uh, for that together with. And uh, that's, I wouldn't want to do this any other way. Thank you so much, Unless we could have an Outpost Discovery yeah. meetup with everybody. But yeah, <laughs> thank oh, you so you much, can't wait. Love you, buddy. Uh, Josh, one final love question before we move into the business and yeah. patron shout outs. Yeah. Uh, what would you give 343 as, you know, as a company, as an entity, for their week of Halo content. I would give it a 10. This is a 10 out of 10 week for Halo in general. For me. Definitely. No, I Objectively think definitely... and subjectively, it's a 10. No, I, the least I could give it is a 9. I mean, it's that high up there. Like, I'd give it a 10 too because, dude, they went in with that reveal. And it was... We, I don't think anyone really expected the campaign thing we got. And that was so yeah. revealing in a way that, like, it's not it revealing. Good. But it did enough where you could, like, really speculate Peaked on that. Peaked our interest. Yeah, exactly. Perfectly said. So it did that. And then you go into the multiplayer teaser and then... They're like, hey, we're going to 
show off this thing the next day and bam everyone's excited it's like more halo cool this wasn't like we wanted a release date but maybe you know and we're still gonna get yeah. to see more see that bam cannon fodder cosplay and then you also get you know a couple of the guys still talking there at the extended showcase which didn't really give away too much but um there was a, a general sense of you know, like these guys are seem really confident in what they're doing and they're really proud of their product and i think it feels really good for them now to be able to talk about it more publicly and come out of the woodworks like brian said because you know the reception is so good they feel like they can come out and talk about it it's yeah. you know it's a welcoming thing it's like these people are coming out finally you know out of the the desks and hunkered in their in their homes and, and at their computer screens and they can come out into the sunlight and be welcomed with hugs and juice boxes <laughs> and come yeah. crunch yeah i don't know yeah, it's just no, exciting dude. It's been such a great week. It's just yeah. been. It's one of those times you're going to remember as a Halo fan. So absolutely. Very cool. uh, so we're going to go into the business, and we have a special uh, patron shout out, and then the rest of our patron shout outs. Um, but I'm just going to say, guys, if you want to become a patron, you can go to Patreon.com/SacredIconPodcast. And I what? know you've heard this. You've heard this pitch before from us and other people, but. You can join for just a dollar, and just a dollar, you're gonna get shout. You're gonna get a shout out on the, every podcast, every Halo episode of the podcast. You're gonna get uh, the extra content we have on the Patreon. We got blogs. We have 17 metal sacred eye contracts. We got all this stuff for just a dollar. You can join. Would love that. We have a five dollar tier where you get to be in our sacred insider channel on Discord, and you get access to special content from me and Josh on the Discord. And then we have our ten dollar p- uh, patron tier where we're gonna put out an exclusive episode of the podcast just for them every month. Bang bang. Um, but if you, if you guys could support us in that way that'd be amazing but if you can't that's awesome just listening is enough that's plenty for us we're so glad to have you here if you want to leave a five-star review on itunes we'd appreciate that helps the algorithm helps us get out there more helps more people come in really appreciate you um if you want to join our discord everybody is welcome you can go to the top of our twitter page there's a link there you can join through that you can message Josh at Jovial, or not, not actually not Jovial Josh anymore, at Jurassic You're Josh. wrong! <laughs> yeah, at Jurassic Josh, or you can message me at Brian's Bane, and, and if you need to find a, a link to get in the Discord, you can message us that way. Uh, you want to follow us on Twitter, because like uh, like Prey said, we have content every single day. I'm talking 365 every day of the year on that Twitter. That's at Sacred Hell Icon yeah. Pod. Um, if you ever want to send us a voice clip or an email... Send it to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Now I'm going to move into a special patron shout-out that we thought was super neat. Um, if you guys have listened to our patron shout-outs before, we have a patron that goes by Montana Menace. And I always make the joke that he's Montana Menace that George Lucas hates because George Lucas originally wanted to call Star Wars Episode One The Montana Menace, but it was copyrighted by Montana Menace, and he had to call it Fanta- uh, Phantom Menace instead. Um, but <laughs> I thought you were going to say Montana cl- Menace. Fantana Menace, yeah, yeah. Uh, But we finally got clarification from Montana Menace on how he got his name, and it was so cool and so wholesome we wanted to share it. This is what he said. All right, now that I'm all caught up with the episodes, Brian and Josh, uh, you want to know the story of how I got Montana Menace. Here you go. My gamer tag used to be Hexacore, named after my first D&D character. Josh would appreciate that. Halo 3 days, I was so addicted to it. I was queued up in big team battle playing solo. I ended up running with a guy named Minnesota Menace. We dominated as a oh, two-man shit. team. We were both on fire that game. After that, he sent me a message telling me that I was the true menace on the battlefield that day. Being born and raised in Montana, I took his compliment and arguably the name, not my true intention, that's where Montana Menace came from. So basically, the name came from a badass duo slaying it in Halo 3 BTB, Minnesota Menace, and Montana Menace. And I just thought, we just thought, dude, that story is legendary. Is that true? Is that real? 
And yeah, dude, so we that's had to so share amazing. it. The, the, amazing. So, I love hearing stuff like that, dude. It's like uh, Blaster was even, you know, he, he tells a, a story about his friend that he's, you know, he met and stuff like that and, and has played, you know, through Halo through the years with. And dude, I mean, everyone has that with somebody typically. And the, oh, dude, that's so amazing, man. I love that you did that. There was one time way back, buddy, that uh, my friend Eric and I made these gamer tags just so we could shit talk on Gears of War. And it was like, a big bushy Ewok, and then it was a pissed off Ewok. We went with like matching names, more or less. And dude, I I don't know. That's just so cool that that's where you got it from. Uh, it's it's got the sentimentality to it that really really speaks to me. I'm very yeah, fond of that story. Such a legendary story. And then also uh, Montana Menace. We had a request from someone who goes by the name of Mister Unknown, and this is the message for you, Montana Menace. It says, Ooh. "Brian's Bane. Hey, Montana Menace is my stepfather." Can you wish him a happy Father's Day on your next episode for me, please? Also, his four-year wedding anniversary is on the 21st. So we just wanted to say, Montana Menace, that happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Montana Menace. Go get yourself some steaks. I'm sorry, Brian. No, full song from Josh. Okay, bring bring the heat. Um, But also, a happy anniversary coming up for you. That's from Mr. Unknown. So that's a shout-out to you. So uh, we're glad we could do that for you. But yeah, some awesome Montana menace stories. Yeah, awesome and dude, happy anniversary. Yeah, happy Father's Day for you, man. And and to all all the rest of you, you know that uh, yeah. are, are and to our dads, out there. Who or, won't daddy, listen to this? Yeah, yeah, dude. Congrats, happy and, and you guys, Day. you guys deserve to have your your day of relaxing and love getting, my dad uh, worship and everything. Yeah, mine too, mine too. Love him so much. So yeah, no, dude. Congrats, and and that's so damn cool. I don't know, that's just so wholesome. I love it. Thank you for sending that in, Mister Unknown. Yes, uh, cool. and speaking of Mister Unknown, I guess he was our our most recent recent patron. Um, so I think no I think his staple of our patron readouts are going to be wholesome, Mister Unknown. You're so wholesome. Thank Dude, you. So wholesome with that. That was so selfless, and that, um, be proud of yourself for that. That was really for cool sure, dude. Do. Definitely. Uh, our next new patron we have is called Small Print TV. You know what? His print may be small, but what he says is very big. Oh, dude, very. absolutely. He's very minimalist, but its impact large. Like, I zoomed in, I zoomed in, I still couldn't make out the words. I kept zooming, zooming, and finally I could just make it out, and it just said, ha-ha, bitch. I was like, damn it! Ah! <laughs> yeah, it got me. Uh, oh, that's great. That's gold. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so uh, much. Our next newest patron, you know, he may be a new patron, but he's not new to us. It's it's Aaron from the Discord. Aaron! Dude, I have so dude, much... Uh, dude, a staple. Aaron? staple. A staple of Sacred Icon community. Yeah, back when we had a website, Aaron did an article for us, and it was beautiful, and that dude is a beautiful man, great person. And super nice. Always has some amazing beats too, dude. Love that guy so much. He's oh, he's been in there for as long as I can remember, and just a positive influence. Another great friend we've made. Person, yes, we'll absolutely. Be the same without him. Love him. Love him. Uh, all right, Josh. This is where I start reading through him quick. We're up to forty-two patrons now, dude. That's insane, dude. That's insane. people. I we love you guys so much. This is amazing. I feel like all it's right, that Mario song. It's like do 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 It's too bad we look back and like fucking Luigi's coming at you and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that, there's a shout out for you. Yeah, you fucking Josh, Ouija and he rolls there it is. by. Thank you so you much for your support, glare. bro. Oh. Um all right, I'm gonna go through these quick and Josh is gonna have to try to you know keep up with me. Cameron eighty eight, thank you so much for that. Thank you so uh, awesome much. Hello there. Yeah, we thank you, you so much. Uh Colton Pittman, you're an awesome football player. Thank you for Absolutely. being here. Absolutely on my draft. Kindful, team. kindest Kindful. dude, we know, but Absolutely. you know, uh Mr. Unknown, he's he's pretty wholesome, so he's coming for you. You got the everybody's, kindness. You got everybody's the at man. each other's throats. <laughs> it's kindness, uh, but competitively. Yes. yes uh, so Rob much. Cheeseman, I hope your name's actually Cheeseman because, you know, provolone is peak. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, Rodan, as always, very cool. You've made yourself known in the community. We love you. Thank you yeah, for the I love clip. you. Thanks so much for the clip. 
Butter my waffles. I hope it's peanut butter. I love waffles. Calorie free. Damn, peanut butter. What the hell, Brian? Jesus. My wife got me into peanut butter, man. I'm just so into peanut butter now. But anyway, thank you so much, Butter My Waffles. Big, bold palm bear. Big bold palm bear going on my hair, making it look all nice and everything because it looks terrible right now. Let me tell you guys. It's Joshua's buddy, David, goes by Nerva. Thank you so much. David, love you so much, man. Love you so, so much, buddy. Thank you. uh, Why'd I say ACDC? It's DC Howlaw. DC Howlaw. That's awesome. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you, Anthony. Love you, man. Love been getting to mess Descending from the ceiling from that butthole spotter web, it's Caleb Webster. It's who Caleb. Does, our hey, intro, does all of our music. Thank you so much for being a, a supporter. Love you, bro. Yeah, dude. So many good things to say. Next, it's Chris Greco, me, Gecko, Gecko, me, Greco, Neko, me, Greco, Echo. It's Greco. Chris Holy Greco. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Always I'm, see the shock on Josh's face. I'm continuing for having impressed. a fun last name. Dude, amazing. Uh, <laughs> Thank next, you. we got Tony. Thank you so much, Tony. Tony Don't Tony. let yourself get too spoiled. Keep that hype built up. Yeah, for but Halo. man, I love seeing his tag. Dude, I love that dude so much. I love hearing your voice, man. I can't wait to hear it again, dude. You're uh, always great. So jovial. Yeah. Next, we got the CEO of All Cereal. It's Nicholas Terry with his number one sailing brand, Cody O's. Oh, shit, man. They combined forces. Thank you to both uh, of you. They want a cereal that has strength. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm next, not gonna, we got not, that's not the more that. successful film than Adam Sandler's Pixels. It's Pixel Freaks. Thank you way so better much. film, absolutely way, way better. better. And on demand, it's right not now. the jack of all drunts. It's not the g- drunts. Wow, <laughs> you d- you, Brian, you dunce. It's not the queen of all grunts. It's King Grunt. Thank you so much for your King support. Grunt. Thanks so much, buddy. Love you, man. Uh, I couldn't find a place to park my car, so I parked it on that giant mustache of Aries zero four thirty. Thank you so much. <laughs> Josh is like, where is this going? Oh, oh my shit. gosh. Uh, appreciate you, bro. Next, yeah, we got Alex you. Diaz. Alex Diaz with a cool name. Yes, He's got, got, I got your potatoes. <laughs> Thank you so much, that. Alex. Thank Halo you so much. I got your potatoes. Uh, next, we got Joshy Big Boy. The, the Joshy Josh Big Boy. The cooler Josh. Uh, well, I don't know, man. You're, hey, I'm you're cool, pretty cool. But Joshy it's Big tough. Boy is way it's cooler. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's uh, hard to call there. But next, we got Ryan Barca. Ryan Barca. Love that dude. Love that dude. Is he playing? He's you think he's playing NASCAR right now? Uh, well, yeah, he's the only thing that's the only struggle he's having, in, you know, leading up to his marriage is the the struggle that he just will never get off of NASCAR Thunder 2003. <laughs> his wife is like, every time I look at you, you have your GameCube hooked up with NASCAR Thunder 2003. Twelve hours a day is unhealthy, Barca. <laughs> um, that's funny though. Love you, dude. Next we got Dustin Mondre. Thank Dustin you so much, Mondre. I didn't even mention it at one point, guys, but we started putting up stuff on YouTube, and, and Dustin Andre is one of those people that has dropped his support and content, so or, yeah, or dropped support for our content, I should say. Right. But yeah, we're on YouTube, guys. Secret Icon Podcast. Uh, leave us a subscribe. We would love that. Yeah, let us know if you like. Trying it out right now. If you guys like it and you want to see more, definitely let us know. Cause yeah, because we don't know if we, you know, should we do more? Do you guys like it? Let us know. Um, next, we got uh, Anthony Nicolosi from KL Koala Entertainment. K-O-Koala. Dude, I wear. Everybody has like that leisure shirt that they wear in their house, like when they want to be comfortable. I always wear my Ko Koala Entertainment shirt. You can ask them. Oh hell yeah, dude! It's hell awesome, yeah, dude. I can't wait to see uh, what that game is. That they're uh, Corey Hanks, dude. Thank you so much for for sending that email. Uh, yep. dude, you've supported yeah. us so much, dude. Josh, I I feel like it'd be rude to say, so I'm not going to. But like, have you seen how much this dude supported us on Patreon? Amazing, amazing. It's Thank nuts, you. dude. It's 100 percent nuts, dude. Next and, we got love Ray. you so much, man. Pray, who we're getting used to hearing your voice, dude. We love you. Thank you. I for love your here. voice, man. You're just such a good, you're positive so influence, supportive. dude. Yeah, I just we got man, Oni the world BB. Is so much better because you're in it. All of you. We got Oni, Oni BB, BB. Always, always willing to lend his hand. Thank you for being a part of this community for so long. Next, He's we so got cool, some man. protein jugs. Protein jugs. <laughs> you should you see the me? distortion on my face we, when I say it. We got a protein jugs. We don't got no more in the fridge. Where? 
Oh, the protein. The, the look on Josh's face is like he's trying to use his teeth as like a weed 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 eater for the yard. <laughs> no, <weird>. it's crooked. <laughs> uh, next, we got dropping it from the ceiling with that double XP horn oh, chili. It's MH cosplay. Cosplay. Thank you so much. He's got to be, dude. I, I think he was. I can't remember, but he's, dude, he's got to be. should be, so be seeing cans on game. shelf any dude, moment now. Hell yeah, with Mikey's face on there. Hey, boys, what up? Buy me right now. <laughs> next, we got the genius. Genesis, who's always supporting us. Thank you for dropping that support. Genius, Genesis. So much, we got Ian Big Dog Mills ready to get on the esports. Ian Big hype. Dog Mills. Ian Thank you e-sports. so much. The spiciest meme lord of all meme lords is Photon. Thank you so much, Photon. bro. We're glad you're back. KN Nick, I didn't tell you, Josh, but he said the other day he he says he supports us because he knows our content's always good and that's why he does it. I'm just that's oh, such that a means a lot, supportive man. dude. No, it, it means so much to hear that stuff. It really does. Thank you for Josh. Do you know who has? 47 million women chasing him through everywhere he goes. He goes to get groceries, 37 million. You know who it is? And a classic line, Ryan, that you don't say anymore, but you say all the time, I know where it begins, but tell me where does it end? Because that number just is getting higher and higher. 37 million women. It doesn't <laughs> oh end, Josh. God. That's the beauty of it. If Trevor Polky, the suavest dude. And then he gets that many parts like, Dude, thank you so much, Trevor Polk. The women that are chasing him are singing, you're just too good to be true, can't take my eyes off of you. Actually, they're not singing it like that because that's a little too manly for their voices, but they're playing it. They know that's Hey, that's cool. Next, we got the Shipleys. Continuing to drop that support. Love love that couple so much. Oh, they are my the gosh. Yeah, and Kiercey's doing more art again, more chalk art. It's so good to see that again. Yeah, We're I, back I, in the good Halo times. Good Halo times. Though at the same time, we never left. You know what I'm saying? We never we're left, but we're so fed right now. Uh... Next, we got the OG podca- Halo podcaster, Dust Storm. Thank you so much for Dust the support. Storm. Love you, bro. Yeah, I love Dust Storm. Um, Dude, he was so much fun to podcast with. Next, he's second to last, and he hates it, but he's going <laughs> for that number one position. It's Glass. Thank you so much Glass, for your Glass, dude, thank support. you so much. Year and a half of support now. Yeah, love dude, you. Absolutely. And finally, the, man the longest running support. League and knew it needed more. The Guys, this guy wrote in a review, a five-star review on Apple Pod. Oh, Our first one since October Matthew of last year. So thank you so much, Matthew. Guys, it means so much if you want to do that. I'm sure you heard that spiel time and again, but please leave one. That means so much. We'll read it. You can put a request in there. What did Matthew Salvatore say, Josh? Brian, Matthew Salvatore said, Hey, what's up, guys? It's Matt Salvatore. Just wanted to say how much I love your podcast and the enthusiasm that you both bring to the Halo community. You guys are just inspiring. Oh, and Josh... Hit me up with the sound of you trying to talk your way out of Palmer, Baby Cortana, and Tariel, all finding out that you are romancing Damn. each of them at the same time. Keep it sacred, boys. Okay. Damn. Okay, Let me tell Josh, you, this happened. I'm this getting PTSD. Good. You gave me PTSD, Matt, for my Witcher 3 experience. <laughs> it's a Witcher all over again. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Tariel? Hold on. Just hold on. Okay. Cortana. Palmer. Chill. Okay, listen. You said you loved me. Cortana? Look, new Cortana, whatever your name is, okay, you haven't given me that much to go off on yet. So it's like our connection, not that strong, right? I get that. But like you at the same time, you're really, really nice. It's so pretty. You tuck your you hair You should be concerned. These. They call me the weapon for a reason, you know. Well, I'm willing to find that out. You know, beat me up and nurse me back to health, baby. That's what I'm saying, baby Cortana, okay? But at the same time, listen, Palmer, okay? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, you're off doing your thing. You know, I'm trying to do my thing. I'm trying to figure stuff out. It's like, will, are we a thing? Are we not a thing? You don't tell me. I check in with you, and you just punch me on the shoulder, you know, and the next thing I know, you know, I'm in the med bay trying to recover from that because it was a critical hit, and it damaged me so damn bad. You Spartan charged me right in the shoulder. Excuses. I'm, well, you you're know just what, a Palmer? dumb egghead to me now. Wow. I'm so insulted. We're done. We're done. Cortana, I don't... 
What new? Oh, I don't even know your name. Weapon. Palmer's out just like that guy. They're out. They're out, <laughs> gone. Tariel, baby, let's go off into Middle Earth together. Let's go. Let's go. You know. Uh, let's go make some. You know, half elves, little you know, babies and stuff like that, and just you know, have a really good time living out there and, and growing old, smoking pipe weed and everything, hanging out. You with said you stuff. call me your baby Mirkwood butt cheek, and now I hear you're with the weapon and with Palmer. Oh, is it true? No, it's not. Because here's the thing: I'm a man who travels different timelines and different <laughs> different regions. <laughs> and it, you know what? That's that's me in a different life. Okay, every decision I've ever made put me in a different wavelength, in a different time, in a different world, in a different universe, baby. And let me tell you, this is Earth six one six, baby, and I'm here to stay. Okay, uh, Palmer is well, me or smog. not Palmer? Palmer, you're gone. Weapon, you're gone. It's me and Tariel walking uh, off into the sunset. We all knew it was going to come down to Evangeline Lily. We should have knew that from the beginning. It was a no. But to quote content. Smog. You are a thief and a liar. <laughs> okay, I, to give a little context, guys, it's funny uh, you, you, you put that, Matt, <laughs> you put that out there because when I played Witcher 3, guys, I was so used to RPG games where you could like literally romance anybody and there were no repercussions, right? And I always liked the idea of romancing just one person. But like in the games, I was like, well, I'm just going to, you know, it's, I'm just going to do whatever I can because I don't see how it's all going to come back around. Well, Witcher 3, it didn't seem like any of that was connecting or playing into one another. And it seems like it really pushes for it. Well, then at the end of the game, then they both are there with me and they tied Geralt up to a bed and I was left with nobody. And I had a perfect playthrough aside from not getting to romance anybody. And I felt terrible. <laughs> so PTSD flashbacks to sinking in, for hundreds, in. <laughs> hundreds of hours for a womanizing experience. But I yeah, I would never do that. I wouldn't well, do thank that. You so. Yeah, so thank you so much, Matt, for leaving yeah. that five-star review. That was Son of a bitch for putting me on the spot like that with that. I hate Added those. extra content to the show. <laughs> Brian, was, Brian was smiling, man, the moment I read the hit me up oh, with the sound. It was amazing. That, that rivaled some of mine for sure no um but love guys Palmer, love homer so much love core new the weapon but man tariel evangeline lily that's that's my home man that's, that's his home. end game yeah um but in particular brian and josh fashion we sat down this morning and said we're not going to go much past an hour and i think we're cleared two hours now so we're going to go ahead and get out of here we hope you guys enjoyed it we're glad to have you here on the sacred icon podcast and as always keep it sacred